This week in League, James Tamo's parents blame mind games for his allegiance predicament, specifically the game called I Can't Remember Where I Was Born. Chris Sandow enters the biggest loser, Wenty edition. The Tigers prove they look better in Kashmir. And we'll review all of the action from round seven of their 2012 NRL season. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 83 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I am bald Jesus, still. Yeah, so, okay, the beard's still there. Lazy, lazy Jesus, really. Yeah, I mean, you, you just still have a beard there and it's... um, It's resplendent. Noticeably thicker than it was last week. It is. I think you put like a fucking Just for Men through there or, you know... <laughs> just for Men doesn't help it grow. No, but it darkens it You need it dynamic lifter to help it grow. <laughs> it makes it look darker and more full, though. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a beautiful beard. So why is the beard still there? You're going oh, to get you, you're breaking your word. I know, I'm starting to no. You said you'd shave it off when they won. They won. Shave it off. It's pretty simple fucking math, math mathematics there, man. Well, there's, no, there's no maths involved. If there was, I would have got confused long ago. Um, oh, I'm starting to like it. Hmm. It does differentiate you from um, Carl Pilkington. It does a little, but it does make you look exactly like Glenn Stewart. It does. It does make me more attractive to you. Which is something no, I've that's one wanted. thing. That's one thing it doesn't do <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be around much longer, to be honest. Well, you just said you've grown attached to it. Yeah, but you know. So you're going to shave it after all? Yeah, it just there's there's days where you know I look at myself and I say, "How are you doing? You're looking all right today." And there's other days where I go, "Fuck, this beard's itchy." <laughs> <laughs> so I think those days are going to win out. Fair enough. What a pointless fucking discussion that was then. Yes. Well, people like to talk about the beard. Well, no, they like to put hash bald Jesus on there. Yes. Makes them feel naughty. <laughs> okay. Okay, news, uh, first story, Cat's hair, Gonski again, Canberra playmaker Terry Campisi, have surgery on his left knee, it's unknown how many weeks of NRL action he's going to miss, he was taken from the field of course during last week's 30 points to 6 loss to Brisbane after tearing his medial meniscus in his knee. Doctors say uh, once the operation's all sorted, they'll have a better idea how long he needs for recovery, but I would imagine that something like that will mean he'll be out for some weeks. It'll be time for him to... Uh pose and be measured up for his statue that would be erected outside Canberra Stadium made of glass well I mean they've already got a Josh Dugan statue made out of glass that's made out of stay free ultra thins <laughs> it is true but I mean Terry, yeah I mean Terry Camp he's, I mean he's worse than a tampon really I mean he had the knee injury 2010 come back blew his peck like five minutes flat and he was off it, not even yeah one tackle, gone. Come back this season, gone again. Yep. Yep. Terrible run for the poor bloke. And we all know at his best, he's, uh, he's one of the best 5.8s running around. Clearly he's got a body built for curling. Really? Well, I mean, I mean something non-contact. He'd have to be the thrower, though. He couldn't be the brusher. 
Well, no, because I mean, that vigorous brushing activity some of the, some probably the snow, shoulder. Some of the snow might flick up and hit him in the knee and put him out for a week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a shame for cat's hair because like we like calling him cat's hair, and if cat's hair is not playing, then how can we say cat's hair every week? Yeah, it doesn't have the same effect to say we saw cat's hair sitting on the sideline. Exactly, exactly. And let's face it, you know, we're not paying that much attention during Canberra games, so it's unlikely we would anyway. Yeah, you're right. Next story, Willie Mason may finally have found a home. The Newcastle Knights set to throw outcast Willie Mason an NRL lifeline. The maligned representative forward will undergo a medical test with the Knights in his final step to his return. As a mascot, right? No, as a football player, he simply needs to pass his medical examination to be registered with Wayne Bennett's side for the remainder of the year. He left NRL in 2010 to play in the English Super League, then French Rugby. He's been campaigning for a return and now has been given a late lifeline. Bennett's always been a fan of Mason, apparently, and is in desperate need of a prop to take some off, some load off off-season recruit Cade Snowden. Matthew Johns loves it, said it'll be a great move for Willie. Um... Oh, media powerhouse Matthew Johns yeah, lending yeah. weight to the issue. Maybe it was one of his characters, like the one that's a wanker that was saying that. Um, and uh, Mason met with Bennett two months ago. Then he agreed to join the West Tigers. But after the Daily Telegraph broke news of the negotiations, the Tigers board put a, put a stop to that when sponsors threatened to walk away from the club due to his controversial past. So since then, he's been training with Trent Langlands and sprint coach Rob, Roger Fabry, and he's been looking for a deal up in Newcastle or across in Penrith. So, uh, Bennett, yeah. Does this medical include a psychiatric assessment? I doubt it. Uh, he's going to get he'd a... Wanna, I'd hope for Willie's sake it doesn't. Yeah, he's going to get a deal of about 40 grand plus match payments, but I don't think that's going to affect him too much because I saw him boasting on Twitter that he got he a, a 500,000 500, euro, euro or whatever payout from wherever, whoever he's at, the rugby, I guess, mm. which is crazy. Fuck, they got no value for money. <laughs> and if it was from Hull, there was no value for money there either because I think he played two games and pulled the pin there, didn't he? Yeah. Shocking. Uh, so yeah, he's a he's a, was a local player, like New, Newcastle Junior. So it, it continues Nathan Tinkler's uh, buying back the locals thing, uh, such as Kate Snowden, Tamara Tahu, Danny Baderis. Uh So yeah, he played his junior career in Newcastle before joining the Dogs, and yeah, and we know the rest about him. So uh, well, if anyone's going to get the best out of him, it's going to be Wayne Bennett, because um, he's getting the best out of the Knights this year so far. <laughs> it's early days so, yet, my friend. So. I think he can contribute. I think he probably would have had more to offer the Tigers than he does the Knights, to be quite honest. But um, because the Tigers, there is a part of me that's a little bit disappointed we didn't get Willie Mason. To be honest, I I think he um, he could have brought something to to the team. But obviously, um, the Tigers balked at it after discussions with their sponsors and fans, and they saw otherwise. But for the Knights, I guess probably he's got to play himself into a bit of match fitness, maybe in Reggie's or something like that, and then. um, He'll probably ease his way into first grade off the bench and, and probably by season's end, I would imagine he'd be far, part of their uh, prop rotation. And Just in time for Mad Monday in September. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. It'll be interesting uh, to, to watch and, and know how that all plays out because, uh, you know, if he steps out of line, Bennett won't tolerate it. So No, absolutely not. And he does have a pretty decent record in shaping off-field, you know, players, you know, as well he as does. I mean, stuff. You know, Willie's Willie's got a bad rap as far as what he does to the culture of a club, but as far as what he's actually been charged with or guilty of off the field, they're pretty tame incidents as far as what he's actually been found guilty of. 
Yeah, but you don't, have to found, public. you don't have to break the law or anything to, to fuck up a club. No. Like I said, that's always been the the worst rap on him is, is the effect he has on the culture of clubs and how much truth there is. But it seems to follow him around. And um, The only club that's really that he's left that's been that has been worse off for his leaving was probably the Cowboys and that was probably when he was close to the best form of his career when he yeah. sort of played that half a season or so with them yep. and, he, and he went there with a chip on his shoulder and a point to prove after what went down at the Roosters so yep. um, he's probably got a similar thing here I, I would imagine he's probably going to have a big game against the Tigers I'd imagine so too mm. but oh well uh, Todd Carney speaking of uh, players with uh, colourful pass and colourful off fields Todd Carney a spectacular freefall from Blues certainty to outcast has inspired Todd Carney to return to the brink of a long overdue Origin debut. Just three months after being snubbed from New South Wales coach Ricky Stewart's 22-man emerging squad, he heads into Sunday's City Country Selection Trial as the favourite to win the Blues' number six jersey. Cronulla's start has helped Carney rattle through a strong field of candidates, which he trailed in January when Stewart chose James Maloney, Terry Campisi and Josh McCrone as the next generation of playmakers, hand-picked as one of Stewart's eight-member core group a year early. Josh McCrone. Crone. Yeah, and in fact, Josh McCrone was the guy that was brought in when Baderas bailed. Okay. Okay, so uh, handpicked as one of Stewart's... Josh eight. McCrone? Yeah, hey, there are people there who really rate him. There are people out there who rate Josh McCrone, who talk him up, and have claimed a victory of sorts that, that he's actually in city country. Trust me. Now, um... Carney was disappointed to be left out altogether and yesterday nominated the omission as a driving force behind his rebirth at Cronulla. He accepted responsibility for the rapid demise, for his rapid demise, which was triggered by off-field incidents that also led to his departure from the Roosters. That was a little bit of a drive for me, not getting picked in the emerging squad, Carney said, but a few things in my area I stuffed up. At that stage, I probably wasn't in the plans. Hopefully, I'll keep moving forward and be in the mix. Having invested faith in the 2010 Dally M medalist as a cornerstone of his Blues team, Stewart was upset when Carney's discipline went off the rails last April. The pair had plenty of conversations about Carney's role a few months earlier when Stewart gathered the 2011 core group together for a camp in Cronulla, but they have not spoken since. A standoff Carney hopes to remedy by outplaying City opposite Jared Hayne and winning a spot under Stewart for Game 1. My manager, David Riolo, has mentioned maybe to ring Stewart and see where it stands, so hopefully I get the opportunity to be coached by him. I haven't taken any steps to find out because I didn't know what the feeling was there. So, yeah. He's obviously a bit hesitant to uh, feel the wrath of Ricky. Exactly. And Ricky will give the wrath out. Look, just one thing on Josh McCrone. Yes. I've been a bit critical of him. Yes. He's actually not gone too bad in, in the games uh, of recent times. You, but you just said, you know, you just said incredulously Josh McCrone like but, three or four times in a row. Well, if you let me finish, him weren't such a rude prick and interrupted me. I was, I was, you were interrupting me to say Josh McCrone. Josh yeah, McCrone. And, and Josh McCrone. So. Josh McCrone. Is that how That's I see it? Really? Yeah, like that. It's very interesting. Um, I is, I, I, as good as he might have been going, I don't think he's an Origin player. Def, definitely, definitely not an Origin player. But um, he's uh, yeah, very interesting. I can't, uh, I can't see anyone being a better candidate for the New South Wales number six jersey than Todd Carney. As far exactly. as exactly, especially now Maloney. I mean, he, like he was okay like, on the weekend, but you know, three weeks maybe before that, he went to shit. Jared Hayne is but six, the best like, of James happened. Maloney and the best of Todd Carney. He'd take Carney every day of the week. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Carney has shown his best this season. He's been good. He's been like solid, but I don't think he's been uh, yeah spectacular or anything. When you can't, the other candidates are Josh McCrone, 
Yeah. Jamie Soward. Um, well, Jamie James, Soward's out James of the running. James Maloney. James Maloney, I think he's... And Jared Hayne yeah, well, at 5'8". We know that's not going to work. Hasn't worked in the past. Not ever going to work. Get a, he's not the he's not the Polynesian Lockyer. Stop trying to fucking switch him out of fullback where he's clearly at his best. I just... Yeah, Todd Carney is by far the number one candidate for that spot. Yeah. Um, but New South Wales have shown a tendency to uh, include some rather puzzling selections over the years. But in this, this show's year opinion... probably be no different. In this show's opinion, which is quite often fact, Josh McCrone. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that Josh McCrone shit. Okay, Chris Sandow. Speaking of out-of-form players, Eels halfback Chris Sandow. He tried to seek permission to return home to Sherberg this weekend to help him forget about his horror start at Parramatta. His confidence is down. He wanted to go back to friends and family. I mean, let's not forget, though, last time he was up in Sherberg, what happened? He got bashed out and fired or, you know... Didn't he go missing? Kill someone... Michelle I don't Agrave, think he killed anyone. Chopped someone with a machete. Something, something, <laughs> Allegedly. Something, something happened up there. I can't remember. The, I I'm hazy on the details. But something happened up there. Nightmare on Sandow Street. Yeah. Um, so it's get, it's getting to the stage where I think that, uh, I think where uh, the coach, Steve Carney, I think he's uh, a bit frustrated. In fact, he said uh, when asked about Sandow after the loss to Cronulla on the weekend, he said he can certainly contribute more than he is at the moment. Um, and you look he has at, been fairly critical of him, eh? Yeah, well, you look at, well, that, that's that's about as critical as a coach kind of gets a, a play when there's not a rift, eh? But um, the statistics reveal that he's making fewer runs, missing more tackles, and coughing up more errors. So really, missing more tackles and more errors must make him the most missed tackle in most error player in the game. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, his stats were never fantastic in that area. Uh, he said that defence and attacking the line were the two areas he needs to address. Uh, and he's had a quick chat to Nathan Hindmarsh on the team bus on Sunday night and it lifted his spirits because Hindy told him that he just wants him to do his job. He doesn't want him to try and pull anything out of my backside. That was really good coming from Hindy. Sounds like... Um, <laughs> well, if anyone's going to pull anything out of their backside, it would be Nathan Hindmarsh, given that it's on display for most I mean, of the game. Considering he, he, he parks mountain bikes there, I mean, <laughs> in, on his days off. <laughs> Harley Davidson's in there. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway... Well, it's probably not a bad message for, for Kearney to come out and say, no, it's not okay for you to go home. Yeah, because it's that's, here, that's, that's the further we're development. In a, we're in a bit of a, uh, a form slump at the moment. We're not performing on the field, and I don't think it's right that you whip off home, even though it is a, a weekend off. Maybe so he's uh, a, yeah, go and beat of, up against some Reggies and get some confidence. He's kind of dropped him, yeah. So he'll be playing for Wentworthville on the weekend. And, I mean, it's hard to look at it as a dropping. I think it's more of a, you know, you can get an extra game in here this week and, you know, maybe work on the areas you need to work on against, like, a lesser opposition, maybe get some confidence up, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, no home for you, son. Well, there's no doubt that Chris Sandow is the epitome of a confidence player. Yeah. Um, when Seas were flying high... At, in patches last year, it was off the back of his his uh, confidence running the ball at the line and, and his combination with some of the other players in the club as well. But he um, he hasn't shown anything like that confidence at Parramatta. He's obviously taken time to find his feet. And, um, you know, maybe that week down playing Regis will do him the world of good. Yeah, well, in fact, when he went on that run last season of good form, it was after he had, went home to Cherbourg and then came back yeah. so I guess his arguments both ways but I think maybe just beating up on whoever Wendy are playing them this weekend and um, making yeah. a bit of confidence I, I think it was a nice, uh, nice show of strength from, from Kearney to, to to you know assert his authority there and, and hopefully it's for the better of the team yeah agree okay James Tamo his family has blamed New Zealand mind games for their son's defection to Australia 
As the test debutant prepares for a hostile homecoming in green and gold on Friday night, his parents, Pippa and Dave, last night revealed how a hurtful snub from New Zealand last year drove the Cowboys and forced her away. He never knew where he stood with New Zealand, she told the Daily Telegraph. Last year he made the train-on squad for the Four Nations, but they told him not to bother joining the rest of the team in Sydney. They told him to keep training alone in Townsville. A few days later, your mate Stephen Kearney called to say he didn't make the cut. They played mind games with him and James didn't know what he was supposed to do to get selected. Being told to stay in Townsville made him really confused. He was very disappointed. And um, so before last year's Origin Series, Ricky Stewart got in his ear and started saying, you know, maybe you could come across for Australia and obviously by extension play for New South Wales as well. Uh, he was unsuccessful, but Gallon has joined in as well. You know, to say, come on, come on, son. And uh, he's gone for it. So he is going to get fucking belted by some of those Kiwis... Well, if, if Carmichael Hunt's uh, first game for Australia against Kiwis <laughs> after pledging allegiance is anything to yep. go by, uh, he may be chaired off the field by trainers. So say that's not a game that he can remember. No. As much as he tries, that one's been blasted out of his... Uh... <laughs> Was it Frank Pitchard that put that hit on? Probably. Yeah. Can't put a hit on. Oh Yeah, well, he's known for it. He's already had some time off this year for that sort of shit. It's in his game. Look, we've had uh, numerous arguments on this show about State of Origin... Um, eligibility rules but I just I think some of the, some of the national rules are fairly cut and dried yeah but then you've got the situations there where you're like the Kiwis that bitch you know they, they bitch about this James Tamo thing but then you've got that whole Nathan Fiend and the, the grandmother thing which was interesting bullshit. that Nathan Fiend was one of the players that came out and, and said that the NRL really need to do something about clearing those eligibility rules yeah, he up. should shut the fuck up he's the last um, one that can talk about that shit didn't he get in under the grandmother rule yeah <laughs> And then you got Tony Carroll as well. Well, Tony Carroll, he's, I mean, he's he's done all sorts of dipsy doodles and hurdy goodies. I mean, that dude's played for about six countries. Yeah. He's played for every state in Australia, even though only two of them represent Origin. I think he played for, for Victoria. I think for about six years in a row there, he, he opened his uh, present under the Christmas tree, and whichever fucking jersey he opened was <laughs> the one he pulled on in April. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah... Um, the, the Strange. Real, I, mean, I think there there are too many grey areas, uh, both at origin level and test level. Um, and players, you know, we're, we're at a position where internationally the game is is still, you know, it's it's well behind where it should be, uh, where a state of origin is the pinnacle of the sport. So players grow up and they see state of origin, you know, they're playing their junior footy and that's what they're aspiring to. They yep. probably don't have those. If they've... You know, growing up in Australia, yep. And even if they're born in New Zealand, they've been to school in Australia and they've, they've been exposed to to what Origin is and what it means and how players grow up aspiring to that and and they buy into that. It's hard when a guy turns eighteen or sixteen or whatever the case is, yeah. Um, for him to say, "Well, geez, I've grown up loving this state of Origin footy, but I'm just going to go and play for the Kiwis." Um, yeah. It's, I guess it's hard if they don't have the eligibility rules set in stone, then it does lead itself to these grey areas where players are going to take advantage of it. And internationally, it should be black and white. Really? Yeah. Well, I agree, but then there's cases where guys that probably don't get picked for Australia and and New Zealand that probably are eligible for lesser countries come World Cup time and... Yeah, and we can't. You know. But there, there's already sort of dispensations for those, and then you know, yeah. But then those dispensations slip over into Australia, New Zealand. And you've, you know, and next yeah. thing you'll have some poor blade from Namibia turning out for Australia on the wing, <sighs> singing can, the national anthem. 
Like could, I did last week, so resplendently. To um to to rapturous reviews actually. People loved it. Um, you know, okay, you've convinced me. Uh, the international, it's it's a fucking shambles. We may as well just pull it all down. Fuck it. I'd like to announce that I've been selected for Isle of Man uh, to play with beard like that. You've been selected for fucking Afghanistan, Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> with Omar Slime Ankle. It's a pretty small team. It's just me and him. Two players in the side. Yeah, we got uh the 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 orange the orange peeler Glenn Blakely. Yeah, and fullback Omar Slimeacle. It would be fucked up on opium. Who cares? <laughs> now I've got a couple of things here. I haven't written the stories down for it, but there's discussion at the moment. The Immortals thing. Who should the next Immortal be? That's your question posing to me. I thought I'm there was posing, another paragraph. I'm po- no, there is no paragraph. It's just a, okay. There's, there's been discussion that um. You know, people, they're pe- people, uneducated fucking imbeciles will say, like, Darren Lockyer, you've got to be out of it for five years before yeah. you're eligible, okay? So, out of the Clearly, Lockyer should be an immortal. I don't one think day, And one day he's going to be, and it's not going to be any fucking discussion about it when no. time comes. He's just going to be, the day he turns five years retired, he's going to be made an immortal. That'll be the fucking end of it. Yes. But um, at the moment, the two main contenders, and once again, it's usually people going down Queensland, New South Wales lines, not, you know, rugby league lines. Um, Andrew Johns. Mal Meninga. They're the two main ones. Are there any, firstly, I guess, are there any other names that should be in that mix? Trevor Cogger. Um, Scott Minto. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you if you went off the time that uh, a particular player has been retired, then you should give it to Mal. Uh, I think Mal... When you think of the top eight players in the game, is, is Mal Meninga definitely there? See, I don't think so. He was good. Like, he was. He was very. He achieved good. everything there was in the game, but geez, he had a handy sword around him. Yeah, and he did. And he did achieve a lot in uh, Origin as well. Like he had like, a number of captain games and all that sort of thing. You know, he had records at times. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not questioning as such. He's. But the reason why you say that too, for it, but the reason why you say that as well is because there are less highlights in Mal's career from a playing standpoint because he wasn't a fullback or a half. Yeah. And it seems, and I think it's unfairly burdened towards, you know, angled towards that, this, especially in the modern this, day. You're, you're trying to get Beaver to be an immortal. Is that where yeah. you're headed? <laughs> I am headed towards that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, cut off at the pass. I mean, Artie, Artie, fair enough. You know, he's he's in there, but I mean, Beaver, the greatest forward of all time, most games, most tries. His attacking and defence. An interesting statistic with Beaver, he never missed a tackle in his entire career, which is, which is something I don't think I'll ever. ever. And given that he played almost the most games, I mean, that's a, that's a miraculous statistic. Then, after that fact... He played half his career in the centres. He fucking did not. He, he played, played like half a game his career here. in the centres. He played a game here or there in the centres. Literally half a game here or there. in the centres. A game here or there in the centres. And then, uh, after that... I remember Trevor Cogger standing up like a motherfucker several times. <sighs> Trevor Cog- Trevor Cogger thought about fucking running at Beaver and he fucking he, d- he just dreamed about His it. His mustache fell off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fucking terror. And um and then Beaver at the end of all that, not only has he gone through his entire career dominating the fuck out of the ARL slash NRL, then he's gone over to England. Same again. He's in his fourth year. Fourth, his fourth year, nine, ten, eleven. Fourth year over there, scoring fucking doubles. Scored a double the other week. Motherfucker's still on fire. Can't be stopped. He's Steve dog- Menzies should not be an immortal. And I don't remember fucking Mal Meninga. You know what? You know who uh, couldn't go over there and dominate England? Darren Lockyer couldn't. 
If he could have, he would have. Didn't. Didn't need to. Couldn't. Legacy speaks for itself. No offers. It's already got a statue. No offers. No offers. <laughs> England knew they had nothing. I mean, they, they knew he was past it. Now, I so, think uh, given the time that since he's been retired, I think Mal Meninga should be the next immortal. Uh, Andrew Johns should be an immortal. Shouldn't go on time, time since. I mean, because there's been dudes, you know, like retroactively added. You know, not they haven't done but it if like you have to choose between those guys, why would you put Johns first? Because he's better. He's a better fucking player, pure and simple. It's got nothing to do with the game. It's not got nothing to do with anything you've done in your coaching career or any of that shit. No, no. And, the, and it's got nothing to field. do with what you did off the field. If you did, he wouldn't get a run, would he? Oh, fuck. Everyone takes pingers. Oh, I've Big never taken deal. a pinger in my life, Nathan. <sighs> Thank Jesus you. Christ. So you make a blanket statement like that and you look like a jerk. <sighs> you say, like a see your face. Look at your what face. do you see in my face? The truth? I can, I can see I can see your pupils. They're like fucking... They're like sauces at the moment. <laughs> That's too much Coke Zero, man. Uh, Coke Zero. <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> I, th- I think John sh- should and will be an immortal. Um, same with Lockyer, but... Yeah. I, I can go John's and I don't even give him one. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of, uh, you know... Guys that captain their, their country, their state, and their club, all to success. He definitely fits the bill. Yeah. <laughs> you just you're just anti Mal, and you'd you were criticising other people for going down state lines, and you. I wasn't criticising. I was just yourself. stating a fact. I wasn't criticising. I wasn't judging. I was just saying. Oh, you're doing exactly the I was same thing. It. So I think everyone should, everyone should give tell it to us. Mal Meninga. Give Johns one next year. Fuck him. He can wait. Give it to Johns. And then give Mal one later. And when I say one, I mean uppercut. Um, now, I think everyone should tweet who they think the next model should be. And by by all means, don't uh, confine it to the two people that we've mentioned because there's obviously there's fucking time. Like, like Norm Proven, I think he was another name that came up. Was he another one that, that was in the mix? Arthur like, Summons. And I mean, he's he's been, you know, time-wise. Pat gonna, O'Doherty. If you're going to use fucking, if you're going to use Mal Meninga as like, oh, you know, he's been waiting longer then. I mean, you, you know, some of these old-timers should probably get a look in as well. True. Um, so, how are they going to tweet it? Just tweet us at TWI League. And you see, you got a clever hashtag? Hash next to mortal. <laughs> oh, does, well, does it have well, to be clever? <laughs> well, you know, clearly it wasn't. What I ask you? Hash next to mortal. There you go. Fucking put that down. And we'll uh, we'll tabulate these and have a vote. And we will decide who the next to mortal is. Because, you know, the independent commission, they got a lot of shit on the table. they got to sort out, you know. So we'll just take this one off their hands and uh, <laughs> do it ourselves. And, and we'll have we a barbecue to celebrate. And now the last thing I've got here is Channel 9. Fuckheads that they are, unless they sign us up for a job, at which point I'll heartily retract everything I just said and will say. Now. I won't. I'll begrudgingly <laughs> accept their money. <laughs> they have um, elected to televise the test match this Friday night. It is a 6.15 kickoff in... Uh, Australian time, so what's that make? 8.15 in New Zealand time. Um, 6.15 it will be uh, live if it were to be beamed onto our TVs here in Australia. It's not going to be on until 7.30 because Channel 9 have to play their news and current affair and uh, whatever comes on Does at 7. Does anyone watch a current affair? Oh, heaps of people do. If I turn it on and there's another supermarket pricing comparison between areas Neighbor in Brisbane... Neighbour war. Um, How... You know. Housewives can t- can't tell the difference between the uh, generic products and the expensive ones. 
etc etc and that is what is going to keep me from watching live international rugby league I'll cut a bitch well you know you will like everyone else you will go to a website and you will stream it live and not watch Channel 9's coverage not watch their ads and fuck them completely because the laws involved the anti-siphoning laws are ridiculous now I'm not going to pretend that I'm across all the intricacies of the laws but we saw people on Twitter uh, such as at Super Grover who is a Melbourne based listener he has um, actually rang up Channel 9 today this morning and and asked them what the deal was and they can't play it on gem which is their you know free view alternate channel they can't play it live there because they're going to play it later on on the main channel online and the law is if you're going to play it on your other channel late that day you can't put it live on the other i mean it's just a fucking retarded rule and i don't know why they could just man up and just uh burn their coverage on the main channel put it live on the other channel what you know? Why they need to makes perfect sense. And it's another instance where Channel Nine are just completely pissing all over the NRL broadcast rights that they have, and and to the effect that there's three games of football on this weekend: Test Match Friday, State of Origin um, City uh, Under Twenties game 20s, on Saturday, yep. and on Sunday afternoon we've got the City Country game. So the Friday night game, the Test Match, delayed. Thanks Channel Nine. The Sunday City Country. Once again, it's a three o'clock game to be played delayed at four o'clock. The only one live is the under twenty one on Foxtel. So, um, yeah, Channel Nine, you're a disgrace. You've got the rights for now. I've if you continue down the thing this path, is, I hope you don't have much longer. They've said publicly that over their dead body will they lose rugby league. So, no doubt they'll get their checkbook out and we'll get the same bullshit coverage for five years. And then all won't have the balls to stand up and dictate terms to the broadcasters as to how they want their product uh, distributed to the masses. And, yep. you know, we can say what we want about Channel 9, but if they're not allowed to happen, um, then more fool them. Yep, yep. But um, then when you think about it, you know, the Channel 9, you know, they came in with, they came in with um, Foxtel, you know, to do like a, a consortium kind of bid. There's nothing to say that Foxtel can't choose another dance partner in that. So, you know, maybe Channel 10, I mean, they've indicated their interest. Yeah. And they've also indicated, as, you know, a checkbook kind of added. Yeah. I mean, they've in, so, you know, if one of those guys, you know, maybe... I cha- wouldn't be surprised if they split it up and Channel 9 at the very loose loses Origin. I think yeah. another broadcaster will pay handsomely for the Origin concept. Yeah, the thing is, though, with the Origin, I'd rather if Channel 9 kept anything, I'd rather that's all they keep because those games, for one, they're always going to be live without doubt. Yeah. Two, you kind of want the, you know, unless, if Channel 9 don't lose the rights 100%, then, you know, your main commentary team guys, I'm sure there's no love for Hadley, but, you know, you'd want Rabs to be involved with the game still. Oh, definitely. So. That's probably the best thing about Channel 9's coverage is is Ray Warren's coverage, uh, commentary, so. So if if, if Channel 9 were to keep part of it, then you'd want the part of it that would probably be best to, you know, keep it, so Origin would be good with him. I just want them to put their act up across the board. Because you know, I fucking, you know, I mean, the last thing I want to do is see, the last thing I want to see is fucking Bruce McAvaney calling a rugby league game. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's fucking possible because that dude calls everything, every damn sport. Gordon Bray. Can. Yeah, well, Gordon Bray's okay. I like him. Yeah, he'd be right. Maybe Gordon Bray could do it. Yeah, maybe he could. He'd have to learn the players' names. He's been watching rugby for a while. Yeah, yeah. And he'd have be to, in you know, some sort of semi-sleep he'd have, state. He'd have to get his commentary voice ready, you know, pick it up for the you know, the, the fast-paced rugby league rather than fucking sleeping on Union all the time. I've got faith in Gordon Bray, though. He could do it. Yeah, he could. Get Peter Wilkins back. He was sensational when he was on the radio on the ABC. 
I fucking love his I calls. I don't listen to radios. I remember his... Uh, Would you put your wireless on, mate? Well, I used to listen to used to listen to the games on the radio all through the nineties, and um, and I remember the uh, the fantastic game in July nineteen ninety four where Manly beat St George at Brookvale sixty one nil. Yeah, we've been through this. Let's move on. I was living in Japan at the time, and the only coverage <laughs> I had was Peter I was a boy. Wilkins. I was twenty four years of age. I was twenty. Still and, hadn't uh, been anywhere near a woman. Oh, that's incorrect to say that. <laughs> However. The only, the only, uh, until recently when I got a copy of that game on DVD, thanks to uh, listener Annalise underscore zero eight and her father. Suck up. Uh, I hadn't actually seen that game, and the only coverage I had of the game was Dad actually taped the, the ABC grandstand call on the radio and mailed it over to me. Again, so, we've had this story. Sensational. Mm. And they won on that day 61 nil. Can you fucking believe <laughs> it? Incredible score lines like that. Only surpassed by 40 nil in the grand final. But I digress. Ray Cashmere. The Cashmere sweater. The Cashmere signed a one-year deal with the West Tigers. He's uh, he's loving it playing over at the West Tigers. Uh, and in fact, a quote from him he said, "I'm loving it, enjoying it while it lasts." He said, uh, "It'll be good to have a break this week, but I'll be keen to play again. Uh, I'll be keen to play again this week, being back in first grade. I thought I was done and dusted pretty much at the start of this year. I was looking at a career in coal mining and getting stuck into that. Always in the back of the mi- back of your mind, you think it might happen. I thought it probably wasn't realistic, but now it's happened. I'm going to try and make it last as long as possible." It's been a whirlwind of emotions for my wife and I over the last few weeks. Over the last few months, there's been a lot of changes in that, but it's for the better, and we're really enjoying where we're at at the moment. Cashmere signed with St. George Illawarra's New South Wales Cup feeder side at the end of last year and was lucky to join the Tigers two weeks ago after his former team initially refused to release him from his contract. The Dragons reportedly refused to grant him a release as payback for the Tigers breaking a deal for Tigers fullback Tim Maltzen to be traded to the Dragons at the end of 2011. However, Cashmere said he was not sure what prompted the change of heart that allowed him to link up with the club he began his career with as a Western Suburbs Magpie in 1999. He said his 13 seasons of playing rugby league were the key to him hitting the ground running at the Tigers. I've been playing Super League for the last three years. Obviously, I did notice a step up yesterday, though. The pace is the biggest thing you notice. But I've played a few games in the past, so I wasn't too daunting. I got used to it pretty quickly. I've been playing rugby league pretty much my whole life. I like to think you improve as you get older. The longer you're around, you pick things up. You get older and wiser. I'm not doing anything special. It's a pretty simple role I've got. Hopefully, I can stay in there and do it as long as possible. If if what Ray... Ray's a very wise man, by the sound of it. Except for one quote, which was patently incorrect. <laughs> When he said that he was surprised about the pace of the game, dude, you're playing half a Penrith side. Wait till you play a fucking proper team. The pace is going to pick up significantly. Wait till you step up to real first grade. Yeah, wait to actually play a first grade side, son. But if what he says is true, that you get better as you get older, imagine when he's 218 years of age, how good Adam Blair's going to be. He'll be a first grade standard. He will be at first grade standard. And it's funny how quickly it's only taking you like less than two months to turn on him, which is fantastic. He, and in fact... He, shoot, he showed some glimpses on the weekend. I'll give him that, but I need more from him. Once again, he's I playing against a team of half a tards. I need more now, chur from him. <laughs> I put it to you that Ray Cashmere is more of a revelation of 2012 than Adam Blair after one game. Mate, it's a long season. It it's is. It's a long season. It's a long, tough road. Lined with little Aussie battlers trying to make their way in a tough, harsh world. And little Kiwi battlers trying to no. make their way little in Kiwi, a tough, harsh world. Little Kiwi half a millionaires <laughs> with a gold plate of chili buns <laughs> churring their way. I to, need more chur. I need more chur from him. Churring their way to 15 tackles and fucking three hit-ups. <laughs> but back to Ray. 
uh, acquitted himself very, very well. Got a try. Got himself a try. He's already got he's half strong the, in defence. He's already got half as many tries as Adam Blair, and he's only played one game to Adam Blair's seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam Blair's not there for his try scoring ability. I thought he and was. Through all the tackles and hit ups he makes. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Ray Cashmere. Yeah. Uh, Please do. Was strong in defence. Made some good hit ups. Scored a try. Um, you know. I like the fact in in, in true St. George Illawarra style they didn't have the intestinal fortitude to uh, to hold out on the release and uh, finally gave in and then exactly. went to water on the whole thing. Um, and it's to the Tigers' benefit. So uh, thank you, St. George. We much appreciate it. Recaps. First up, Friday night football. St. George Illawarra Dragons 12 defeated the Newcastle Knights 4. In front of a crowd of about 15,000 people down at Cogra. The halftime score, strangely enough, 12-4. And the points, St. George Illawarra Dragons. They scored two tries through Bo Scott and Jason Nightingale. Conversions from the Cat in the Hat, two from two. Newcastle Knights had a try to the Uate Pate. And Tyrone Roberts couldn't kick a goal to save his life. Benji Marshall style. This game was fucking... It's up there with the Vuvuzela of the season, I think. After the first, probably, what was it, 20 minutes? The Dragons yeah. showed some real spark in there where they scored two tries in the space of probably two minutes. And they looked like they were going to fucking carve them. But nothing ever happened again in the entire game. Then the curling brush went in the rack, as it were. Indeed. Paul Jesus predicted a boring game in which the Dragons would be victorious, Nathan. And you asked me why I haven't got rid of the beard. It's because it has enhanced my profit ability. Really? Jesus was a prophet, you know. Bald Jesus yeah. is a prophet and a dickhead. Really? Don't bring religion into this. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book once. I got it out of the uh, fiction story of the library. <laughs> and it told me stories about how uh, Jesus was a prophet. But I bet he never predicted that the dragons would win a boring game. I think when you match the dragons with anyone, it's got the fifty percent chance, sixty percent chance. You know of who I blame? Who do you blame? Wayne Bennett. I do too. Wayne Bennett is sullying the NRL with fucking boring teams. About time, boring football. And sure, they might win the odd premiership, but is that what people want to see? No. You know, only the fan base of that particular club wants to see him win a premiership. But exactly. I think if they're honest with themselves, they'll say, "You know what we want to do? We want to win it, and we want to be exciting." Exactly. We want to score points. We want exactly. to blow teams off the park, much exactly. like the West Tigers in 2005, Nathan. Much like 40 nil in 2008. 40 nil will do the same. You know... No one remembers know, when St. George, George, George was in the Premiership. I can't even remember. Why? Because okay. I was fucking half asleep. <laughs> Bored half to death. And you turn your TV off. <laughs> but who knows where this ends? You know, Wayne Bennett's a mercenary. If nothing else, he's yeah. a mercenary. Who knows? Next mining magnate buys into the Perth club. Wayne Bennett... Across the desert, Gina Reinhardt. She wants Sorry? to, you know, she wants to get the, you know, the Perth Bondies going or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's a fantastic name. <laughs> so yeah, Wayne I see what, I see heads over to Perth, sets up the club, wins a premiership. Biggity Bam, he's coached a quarter of the clubs in the fucking competition, and uh, plays boring footy. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's across the entire NRL, is twenty-five cent chance of a boring game being played. I tell you, this is... It's cancer. This is not going to end well. 
He's football cancer. You know, he's... I'm going to take up watching curling. There's a bit of a curling theme. There's a bit of a curling this theme. This week in curling. Yeah, there is, there is. Um, yeah, this, I mean, like, I'd, I'd like to give the Dragons credit for, you know, great, they won the game. And that two-minute period, the tries they scored were fantastic. They were fantastic for two minutes, the Dragons. They should be just, proud of themselves, and their fans should be excited. And furthermore, the Knights looked good before those two tries as well. They looked good in the early stages as well. They just couldn't catch a pass. Um but yeah, then after that, it was just such a waste of a fucking game, and I feel bad for everyone in uh, New South Wales who had that as the live game, and so they kind of had to sit through that. Yes. You know, to you know, just, get, get their football quotient. I think the Knights were trying to get back into the game. They, they, some of their execution left a bit to be desired, but the no true, sorry, no try ruling on the Taya try, um, I think it was Zeb Taya. Yep. Um, that pretty much killed any momentum that they'd built. And they just couldn't get back into the game after that. And Dragons, to their credit, um, you know, did their normal grind thing and, and kept them uh, under wraps and there was nothing nice could do about it. They're not oh. at a point in their development at the moment where they can wrestle control back um, against a quality opposition. And, um, you know, for 40 minutes we watched them try helplessly to, to do that and they couldn't. So um, the Dragons got away with the win, but I'd like that 40 minutes of my life back, let me tell you. 40 minutes? Well, I mean, at least it was points scored in the first half. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so I say you're happy to you're happy to cash in the first forty, but the second one, do you want a refund? Well, I'll give him a pass on the first half. I'm not whole game, whole game wasting my time, and I'll be fucking furious about it till the day I die. Fair enough. I'm gonna die. I'm, I'm gonna die eighty minutes early. Maintain the rage. Thanks to this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now Twitter. What did they have to say about this game? At bring UFC to Oz said the NRL banned players for high shots and fighting, but what footage do they use to promote the game? Tahu versus Nightingale fighting. Agreed. Beer Boy, 182. As a sharky, something about Cade Snowden struggling since leaving is satisfying, if only to piss off Tinky Boy. And he's yeah, got, Snowden. He's got, he's got hash NRL STI new, like the, you know, the alleged official hashtag, then hash KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Snowden is struggling a bit. Well, he's got some errors in his game. He does. But as as his super coach coach, he's still getting me sort of you know fifty five sixty around, which is all I, you know that's the minimum kind of I demand. So I'm happy with that. Fair enough. So I must admit, like you know, looking at his performance there statistically is in like the number of hit ups and tackles he makes. You can't you know it kind of makes me overlook the odd you know drop and whatever the odd one maybe. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, those statistics are as raw statistics for numbers of times he does stuff too. I mean, that's no significance to the fucking quality of the you no, know, the, meter, the meters made and all that sort of stuff, which isn't really that great. Um, the effort's there, but the uh, skill isn't. <laughs> this I think with the fanfare that he went to the Knights in, he's he, he's probably more of a marked man at yeah. the Knights than what he would have been at Sharks. So. Yeah, yeah. At this is a new name, I think. At body underscore boarding. It is it an Awate Parte. So it's clearly a new name. Maybe it's a long time listener, first time yeah. caller. It is a <laughs> Uate Parte between the red and white and the blue and red. And that was probably. 7.57pm so yeah basically Wate scored the try sent that tweet in I tell you who else is struggling for the Knights is Darius Boyd he's well see this is the thing I've never really rated him that highly I mean he's done a couple of great things yeah, I but don't know. overall I you wasn't a massive fan can't doubt his form at the Dragons see I wasn't a massive I, th- I thought he was his form was overstated because of the Benny connection and blah 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 you know what I mean um, and now he's playing the way like now he's actually playing the way that I always thought he was playing in my head <laughs> <laughs> so you know Bad luck, Fluffy. Uh, maybe you won't be invited along to the Perth side. 
at Bring UFC to Oz again. After Matt Orford to Canberra, topical this tweet. After Matt Or Orford to Canberra, could Darius Boyd be the second worst buy in the NRL? Oh wow, that is harsh. And so I'm thinking through the, all the buys that have been made, and you know, Here apart from apart from Blair. Dane Laurie to Penrith. I think, yeah, it probably is the second worst fight. Oh, I thought he would have brought Adam Blair into that. He missed no, an opportunity. No. It's a long season. It is a at long the, season. At the end of the year, I will be slamming the Tigers for wasting $550,000 a year on that Gronk. He just needs more Chur. That's all we need. Whatever that is. And we, where Chur is the, the Maori term for kick up the fucking ass, <laughs> maybe. I'd um, love to give you a bit of Chur. At in life, the nuts. <laughs> at life of Thai. Cray isn't even pretending to be a footballer tonight. <laughs> Hash dropsies. Which is yeah, like, it's Ben Cray. Half of the form. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the course. Aussie, one, 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 ninety-eight. By my count, that's Steve Price, two, Wayne Bennett, zero. As I've said previously, Stephen Price is greater than Wayne Bennett. Hash, Wayne Bennett in decline. <laughs> <laughs> if I could speak for Wayne Bennett, if I could be so bold as to speak for Wayne Bennett for one second, I would say, have a look at my premiership rings, bitch. To which Steve Price would reply, motherfucker, give us a break. I've only coached seven fucking games. You've coached 700 and you've only got a couple of premierships to show for it, fucker. Look at my premiership rings. <laughs> Steve Price would say, look, when I've coached a thousand Oh, games, you're not I'll Steve Price. One. Shut up and move on. I'm very close to Wayne Bennett. After fucking slagging him previously in this very recap. I've never slagged Wayne Bennett. You pretty much call him fucking cancer. No, you called him cancer. Yeah, but you you said the word. You, I said that word, but you said you know the sentiment was the same. <laughs> oh yeah, except for that time where I slagged Wayne Bennett. I've never slagged Wayne Bennett. Yeah, but the funny thing is that time was like five minutes ago <laughs> at Garbs nineteen eighty five. One of the leading contenders for Gronk of the Year, just quietly. What give him the title now? No, no, talk. Cambo. What's worse than a Vuvuzela? A free to air Vuvuzela. Fuck you, Channel Nine. Wise words indeed. I think there's something in that for all of us. Yeah. He probably steals his Foxtel though. Next game. Well, they don't even get Foxtel up in Toowoomba. It's like two ghetto Foxtel, like two tin cans and a fucking bit of string. No, don't they? they surely they have a couple of Clydesdales in the, um, in the backyard on a big wheel. On a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> Clydesdale <laughs> on a treadmill. I love it. Like an industrial, like like one of them, like, like a fucking travelator in the airport, like something like that. <laughs> Next game, Brisbane Broncos 30 defeated the Canberra Raiders 6 up at Suncorp. Crowd of 30,000. Halftime 20 to 6. Tries were scored by Sam Thiday, Matt Gillette, Ben Hunt, Ben Hannon, and a double to Corey Norman for the Broncos 30 points. Corey Parker off night with the boot 3 from 6. Defeated the Canberra Raiders 6. Try to Joe Picker. Conversion to Jared Croker. The end. That was all she wrote for the Raiders. The Raiders got off to a pretty good start. And things look promising. Since the Broncos fans probably thought they were in for a bit of a game, Raiders led six nil and um, and were sticking it to the to the Broncos early through their big forwards. But um, geez, once the Brisbane started to score some points, the Raiders dropped their heads. And then when, as we spoke about, Terry Campisi went down with an injury, they they wanted to be anywhere but Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, no cats here, no chance. They got a lot of mental yeah. scars about cats here going down. I think. Yeah, in, uh, in the the final, you know, the year before last, 
probably ex- explains why Jared Kroger had such a shocker after Campo went down. Missed a pretty easy tackle on yeah. Justin Hodges and uh, gave away a try. The Broncos youngsters carved up. Corey Norman came into the game under a lot of pressure. Um, with Peter Wallace's injury, him and uh, Ben Hunt took control in the halves and there was a lot of speculation game they had, as to yeah. how they were going to go. First game, they sort of, I mean, because they were, they, were, they were complimentary halves in the, the 20s. And this is the first time, I think, in the in first, first grade. grade they've had the chance to rekindle the uh, relationship. Well, Norman got a double and he, yeah. he looked dangerous every time he ran to the ball to the line. His passing game was very good. Um, ben Hunt, kicking game, yep. uh, was, was also good, as was Norman's at various times. Josh Hoffman again. Um, copped a few knocks. Was hobbling around there at one stage and copped mm-hmm. one, cup one on the jaw. Uh, didn't go off the field, just uh, sucked it up and kept going. Is he going to be injured for the next... Is he out or something now? No, I, th- I think I, I think I saw something today saying like he's him being on the injury list, or am I thinking of somebody else? I might be thinking of someone else. No, he's now for New Zealand. I yeah. Think he's, yeah. Okay. Look, um, Broncos very impressive. They took the game by the scruff of the neck. They, you know, sucked it up after Canberra gave it to them early uh, and went ahead with a pretty sketchy try. Well, this is the thing. I've uh, a number of tweets, and so I didn't include all of them because they're a bit repetitive. But there are a number of tweets from not even from Canberra supporters talking about the state of the refereeing in this game. Now, I'm really acutely aware of bad refereeing, and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, overall, what I one one thing I was at the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, both teams were. were Consistently offside. Canberra yeah. probably were the worst offenders. Yep. Um, That's something you don't often see on TV either. No, that is hard yeah. to pick up on during the coverage. But one thing that struck me was the touchies seemed more concerned, especially when the Broncos, <coughs> excuse me, when the Broncos were in attack. Yeah. They seemed more concerned with watching Brisbane's attacking line. And they were st- sort of standing in line with that rather than Canberra's defensive line. Hmm. So you've got one referee that's holding supposed to be yeah. holding the 10 and he can only watch part of it yeah. at once. And the other touchy... I, I thought one touchy was supposed to be standing there with him yeah. monitoring you know, whatever side the rest not looking at or whatever, yeah, yeah. You know, making sure no one goes early or everyone gets back. And then you've got the other ref watching the ruck yeah. and the other touchy... Well, you had two touchies watching... Brisbane's attacking line. I don't know why there was such big Corey Norman fans. Must be one of the best seat in the house. Maybe. I mean, it sort of took away from the spectacle the fact that they, you know, had to, only had to run five meters to get to him. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty strange. I, I thought that was how it was supposed to work, but obviously in this game, no. Um, and that led to the crowd was going nuts the whole game, as a lot of footy crowds do. But there was definitely merit to it. Yeah. Um, Canberra were getting getting away way too early. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. These when I, I, And it got yeah. worse the further they got behind. Yeah, I need to clarify as well. These tweets are saying like as if Canberra were the ones that are getting fucked. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a lot of the time, you, there's a lot going on live that you don't see, Yeah, you know, that, that's pointed out in the coverage and they bring your attention to it. Yep. But that was the one glaring thing that I noticed at the game. Um, yeah, very impressed with Brisbane. Um, they... 
you know, no Wallace. So they, they had every right to be a little bit disjointed, certainly through the halves um, and their kicking game. But that was probably their, the strength of their game, I thought. Um, yeah. So we've already sort of mentioned uh, Corey Norman, Ben Hunt and Josh Hoffman. They all justified the hype, as, as Hoffman has done all season. Um, and last, and then, really. Yeah, and last season until he got hurt. But yep. Matt Gillette exceeded them all, I think. He's, um, he's becoming quite the player, isn't he? Some uh, some really strong runs. He was good in defence. Some spectacular plays as well with his flick back for Norman's try. Yep. He's, uh, he's been rewarded with representative selection as well, even though it's an 18th man, but... That's Still. some pretty hefty recognition for yep. a young bloke. So, cool. Um, he's putting it all together. Uh, one last thing I wanted to yep. mention is Joel Thompson. What about? He's him? always struck me as a bit of a scrapper. Like yeah. I reckon he'd be able to go the knuckle pretty well. Yeah. His fucking accuracy is pretty poor. <laughs> Smacking his own player with a swinging arm. <laughs> and then he was actually re- he was actually going to be reported. Like yeah. he's actually going to have to answer to it. <laughs> Unless he's had a you know serious dislike for Sean Berrigan and decided that uh, yeah, sometimes you got to get you know sometimes you got to get in the shots when you can. Oh, I tell you, Canberra's a club and crisis. They Players are. whacking each other on the field. Exactly, exactly, and no cats here. Yeah, you know, it's probably the end of them now. <laughs> Quitter at Cambo ninety six. Another night of Friday night Broncos in the Bronco Rugby League. Thanks for nothing, NRL and Channel Nine hash wankers. You know, just for once in his life, I wish Cambo would shut the fuck up. I thought you were going to say for once in his life you agree with him. No. Because it is this Friday Night Football thing is a, is a fucking disgrace. They've got to cater to the market, mate. No, this has got nothing to do with the market. This, I mean, that's 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 fine. But the They've fact got to cater to the market and... There, I, no, I there think- is a distinct advantage. There is a distinct advantage in a team playing only night games in the hottest part of the year only and having a predictable seven-day turnaround every single week. Yeah, Other teams have to have, you know, like a four-day turnaround, like a Friday night football turnaround. I agree. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying Cambo bitching about it every Friday night, it's getting a bit old. (laughs) So you agree with it then? Interesting. Okay. Well, I I think there's there's other Queensland, two other Queensland clubs that would benefit from Friday night games too. Exactly. Um, So they could probably get a run. I'm sure the Titans will get a run next time they play the Broncos. Yeah, and, so, and save the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, obviously they got a game when they played the Broncos. At I Love Keefe. Getting excited. Lots of red on my telly. Oh, I got this in the wrong fucking section. <laughs> Sorry, it was about the last game. Getting excited. Lots of red on my telly. Only to realise that St. George versus Newcastle not a highlight reel of Keefe. Oh, Ash, Ash, loss of erection. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I put that in the wrong session, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, Mr. Sports 83. Great first half for Ben Cummins and his Broncos. There's one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for, for anyone to point out uh, certain refereeing decisions like that point, they weren't yeah, happy with. I'd like to see the specifics of what, yeah. What, what. I, didn't, um, I didn't notice a great deal at the game. That's not to say it wasn't going on. Um, and, you know, as you know, if it's... But as I said, I'm, I'm, acute, I'm acutely aware of fuck, referee fuckery, and I and I wasn't too outraged by anything I saw. Um, at Woody Solo, Ben Folds wrote a song about tonight's games called The Battle of Who Could Care Less. Wow. Hash, give Broncos a Monday night. Yeah, yeah. they could do with a share, although I don't fancy getting to Suncorp on a Monday night after work. <sighs> it's going to be boring. It. Just don't go. Easy. I waste my... Ticket money? I've already missed one game this year. You wasted ticket money buying tickets for the Broncos, motherfucker. <laughs> At Bush Lemon. Is it still too early to say the Broncos will win the premiership? Yes. Yes. At Beer Boy 182. 
playing the Hadley drinking game. Drink 40 shots before he says centre three-quarter. That way you're dead before he talks. He's um, not improving. I've got to say that about Ray. He's um he's very descriptive. His commentary is way better if you turn the turn the actual um, brightness off. on your TV down so you can't see anything that's happening. Then <laughs> then it's quite a great quite a good experience because it's called radio. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to you got to remember we can see what you're seeing when you're calling the game. So just fucking dial it back a bit and just call the play. At Troy underscore seventy nine, Ferner said, "We need to get into the grind." That's been your game plan for four years, dickhead, and looks where it's got us. Hashtag Verner. He's bringing it back. Yeah, he loves it. Okay, where are we? Next game on to Saturday, Super Saturday. First game up, Melbourne Storm 12 defeated the Canterbury Bulldogs 6. Halftime, they were locked up at 6-all. It was a crowd of just under 15,000 down at Amy Park in Melbourne. The points came through. Ryan Hoffman and Ryan Hinchliffe got a try each. Cooper Cronk... Missing on a convert, uh, missing on a field goal. Cameron Smith two from two on the conversions, defeated the Bulldogs. They had a try to Greg Eastwood, one conversion from one to Steve Turner. That's all she wrote. Josh Hoffman, Josh Hoffman, Josh Hoffman, Ryan Hoffman. Yeah, his Ryan's pale cousin, brother. Josh was at <laughs> yeah. the game. Yes. No relation to uh, the Broncos fullback, of course. Um, and if you ask Ryan's cousin, Josh, uh, about how his cousin. Ryan. Ryan went in the game. He would say he has a knack for scoring uh, critical tries at key moments in games, much like the people on This Week in League uh, commented about not a week or two ago. And he's done it again in this game. Ryan, Josh's cousin. <laughs> um, another crucial try, and um, he's, he's got a bit of a knack for it. This was a game where oh, Melbourne... They were far from the side that they were, or they have been for, for other matches this season where they've blown teams off the park. Um, they got down and dirty and they really ground out a pretty gritty win uh, against the Bulldogs who were keen to test themselves against the Storm. Um, and I think despite the fact that they come away with a loss in this game, this will be crucial to the, the Dogs' development under Des Hasler. They've, uh, they need to learn to win these types of games, but uh, sometimes you've got to... You know, play against the best opposition that can really get into that grind um, before you know exactly what you're up against. And Hasley, you know, had that instilled at Manly. Um, but until, you know, this new playing roster that is inherited at the Bulldogs um, gets into a habit of playing those sorts of, sorts of games and having to deal with it on the run, then, you know, they're not going to be able to adapt to it. Uh, so this is a key part of their development as a squad, but, um, you know, didn't come away with the points, unfortunately. Melbourne, pretty impressive, I thought. I thought Melbourne were far better than 12-6 winners in this game, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I thought they probably could have won the game 18-6 even more. Yeah. And, um, and if it was 24-6, we wouldn't be talking anything about anything to do with, you know, confidence drawn from the game by the yeah, Bulldogs, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I think it, the, the scoreline really flattered the Bulldogs. I mean, maybe they dragged the Storm down a little bit to their level. Um, but, yeah, Storm, keep on keeping on. Yeah, they do. Um bit was said about the on-field spat which continued into the dressing room between Josh Reynolds and Michael Ennis. Interesting, that. Uh, very interesting. Couldn't you imagine if that was Robbie Farrer and Benji Marshall? That would have exploded Wouldn't happen. the media. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen because there's no, no rift at the Tigers. No, no. No, not that at all. It wouldn't have happened because at half-time they would have gone to their separate dressing rooms and there wouldn't have been a fucking spat in the dressing room because there is no dressing room. It's dressing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie just would have stood in front of his mirror in his dressing room 
you know, pretending Benji was there going, you know, you talking to me? You talking to me? <laughs> Is that a movie reference? <sighs> Fuck, you disappoint me. And you even know where that comes from. I'm not, I know for a fact you do. Stop playing dumb fucking, you know, just because you look like Carl Bilkington doesn't mean you have to act like him. It's from The Little Mermaid, right? <sighs> Fuck. <sighs> Next. Oh, we got Twitter. Twitter, at Jimmy Hin. Ottoman taken out by a dirty hit, asterisk, and momentum goes back to the storm. I don't agree with this style, but smart play by the storm. Ottoman was rubbed out, and he's um on an injured list now. What? So uh, Concussion? I don't know if it was concussion. I think it was just like an injury to, to his okay. mouth or something. Um, at Batesy, never been happy before for the storm to win. Look what you've done to me, Des. I feel dirty. Hash fuck Des Hasler. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching on. GT351 underscore Johns. Fuckity fuck fuck. So close, Bulldogs, but great effort, Doggies, against the benchmark NRL side. Good effort, Doggies. Bulldogs had a chance to lock it up. They did. With the last, you know, last ditch play, and they come awful close, but. They did. Um, yeah, so that's an indication of just how close it was for him. But I think um, this is what, if this is a down game for Melbourne, they still get away with a win against quality opposition and yep. the rest of the comps in trouble. Yep, and finally at Chris Walgren. Good win by Storm, such a solid effort by the Dogs. Some great signs and I'll definitely give Manly a run for their dollars. Maybe he means money. It's hard to know with these kids using their fucking symbols these days instead of actual <laughs> words. I mean, he had he had letters to spare. He could have written the full word out, but yeah. okay. Next game Saturday, Gold Coast Titans twenty six defeated the man, mighty Manly Seagulls fourteen in front of a fucking paltry crowd of twelve thousand. And uh, what do we got? Was this game played at Skill Park, Nathan? Brookie at Brookvale Oval. So what crowd was it? About twelve. Really? Yeah. So uh, I mean, just just saying, you got a lot to say about Gold Coast Titans crowds. Well, fucking, let's see the Titans crack that. Big one. Let's see the Titans crack that, and then we'll fucking then we'll have a discussion. <laughs> and what we got there? We got sorry, Gold Coast. They had our uh, tries to Jamal Idris, Kevin Gordon, David Mead, Aiden Caesar, uh, Prince three or four on the conversions, and a couple of penalties as well. Now Manly had two tries to Jamie Lyon and two conversions to Jamie Lyon and a penalty to Jamie Lyon. It was a Jamie Lyon show. Okay, especially Couldn't after get he got done, fucking, though, could he? especially after he got knocked out by by a fucking cheap shot by uh, Grub of the Year. Jamal Idris, who, uh, how many weeks is he getting for that again? I think, I'm just, I'm trying to remember, what I, what I see from the judiciary. It's a, it's a number that's the same shape as your head. A number, a number between one and negative one. I'm not very good at maths. And, um, and how many weeks is, um, that other gronk, Ashley Harrison, getting for his cheap shot on knocking out Vince, uh, Vic Morrow? Is it a number that's the same shape as your head? I don't think there is a number like that. There's a number the same shape as your head. <laughs> There's no number called orange. <laughs> and uh, and finally, how many weeks is Nate Miles getting for fucking cold cock and matai in the back of the head to the point where he was actually hospitalised? How many weeks is he getting for that? Oh wait a minute, sorry, is it, no is weeks. It a number? He didn't get a report. No, he didn't get a put on a report. Is it no- a number that's the same shape as your head? I'm guessing not. Well, he wasn't put on a report, so of course he was going to get uh, this weeks. What are we talking about? Weeks. Um. Tyne's at Caesar. It looks like he might be the solution to when they farm Scott Prince off to England. Um, they finally look like they got Scott played. Prince, who uh, clearly listens to this week in league and heard all your hurtful jibes, coming out and carved up. Kick some goals. Caesar was one that carved up, man. 
Scott Prince was just a According to passenger. the commentators, when Caesar dived over for his try, yeah. scored a try on Debu, yeah. and a try in his first game for the Titans. Like, how do these fucking blokes get jobs? <laughs> uh, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. And your co-commentator, <laughs> Captain Obvious. Fuck. Yeah. These was- people are actually qualified to do this. Well, and they do it so poorly. Qualified how? How do you go to commentator school? I don't know. I, don't know. I, honestly, I honestly don't know. Well, neither do I. I'm asking you, Nathan. I you're the man that fucking knows it all. I just to, ask you. I thought you had to suck Russell Fairfax's dick or something. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> I reckon even Russell... Reckon, even his it's penis first, has its own mullet. First name to came into a head. <laughs> Lost it. Oh, God. <laughs> I know that picture you got in your head. It's not pretty. Oh, carry on. I'll collect myself. <laughs> oh. Having internationals out hurts Manly, no doubt. There's uh, there's no denying it. But Short turnaround from Monday Night Football. Quite frankly, well. any team that loses to Cronulla, Gold Coast and Parramatta in the same season isn't going back-to-back. And that, my friend, is a fact. Cronulla won five games in a row. Oh, now you're going to talk Cronulla up as, <laughs> no, as no, a benchmark of the no, competition. No, no, they're not the benchmark. I'm just saying they won five games in a row. So, I yeah. mean, clearly they're not the, you know, I wouldn't put them in with those other fucking Gronk teams. I mean, because I think they're pulling themselves up out of the gutter somewhat. Yeah, mate, you're a loss to South away from, uh, from you know, the death knell of your season. That's coming from the team that fucking... I only had one win until last weekend, <laughs> and the second win they got was basically they they beat our our beaten slops. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that. But uh, let the, the, the with people, Russell Fairfax's mini mullet. There are people that can be. There are people that can say things like for the aforementioned like Sharkies fans and stuff. But then there are people. That hey, at least cer- we beat the Sharks, man. There are some people that most certainly cannot. <laughs> And those people are Tigers fans. Are Tigers fans because uh, uh, I think no matter how bad how bad things go for us, I think we'll uh, we'll steady ourselves when we get our players back. Um, unfortunately, it's not like you really have players to come back. The honeymoon and- at being back at Brookvale didn't last very long because no one no one cares anymore. No one wants to go out and watch him. Um, I have a feeling. Obviously, no the winning Tigers. feelings lost. So God help you. The next time you play Brookvale, there'll be about ten people there. Yeah, and they'll all be dickheads, no doubt, because they'll be Manly fans. Never, we've never had that uh, had that issue. Um, perhaps you know what I think. It might be the the Titans. It might actually be the Titans. Might be the problem. Really? Yeah. Because um, why would why would the opposition have any bearing over a fan going to watch their team play? Well, someone on the Twitter. I just want to find the tweet. They all live in the area. It's not like anyone has to travel to Brookvale Oval. They oh. don't like to travel away from Brookvale Oval. It was our when buddy. When the game's at Brookvale Oval, I haven't finished. It was our buddy. When Jason a game Jeehan is at Brookvale Oval, Oval, why can't people get there? They don't have to go over the spit bridge. It's just hard times at the moment, you know? Oh, like two games in five times. days, it's just oh, tough. Shocking. It's tough. So you just get the members there, tough and that's time, why you got 12,000. Tough 000. times living on the northern beaches. Yeah, it is tough. It's tough, mate. Times are tough all, around, all over. And it's like uh, Jason Jehan P.I. said, so I'll just skip to his tweet. Quickly. Oh, he said, what fucking revelation has this genius come up with? The Titans are a black hole sucking in anything that comes close to them, like money or a quality rugby league side. <laughs> and also, I'd just like to add... He obviously didn't add this because he didn't have any more characters left on his tweet. And crowds. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, I mean, like, what, honestly, what have you got to say for yourself, Nathan? I, I, I don't think the Titans were very good. Caesar was good. Um, our forwards were especially bad, and Jason King. For a fucking dude playing like his 200th game, like a milestone game, I mean, he's, he certainly took his fucking gameplay out of the Scott Prince, ga- you know, S- Scott Prince book of milestone game playing. <laughs> and um, and fuck, so did his teammates, I might add. And um, Brent Kite, I mean, he's playing like a fucking imbecile. I mean, he needs to pick, his up, pick up his act, I mean, before he fucks off to England at the end of the year. Um, Lussick, he's copped himself another week off. I mean, I think I saw Jonesy on Twitter today saying that he's probably been suspended for more games than he's actually fucking played. Um Daniel Harris, uh, sorry, Ashley Harrison, he got he got a suspension. Sorry, I'd lied. He got a suspension uh, from this game for his cheap shot on Morrow. Um, the Darcy Army's going to be dishonorably discharged. <laughs> it's hard to celebrate a guy when he's always suspended. Um, but um, yeah, and obviously yeah, the fact that they had you know, some players ironed out, I mean, thinned out the bench. But they just apart from Jamie Lyon and who else? I mean, there was someone else that put in too. I can't think it was though. Must have been one of the backs because I can't really say. Oh, sorry, Ferris. Yeah, Bureau would. Bureau puts in. Uh, Matt Ballin, he wasn't putting in. Really, Bureau and Jamie Lyon. Dean Vare was okay too. I mean, I still like Tafua as well. I think he's probably. I think I think hard I, for those guys to shine yeah, if the forwards aren't getting there. I think Oldie might be fucking done with because I think Tafua is doing. The, I think he's pretty much doing the job. Oldie's stuck in Reggie's, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, he got he got dropped as like a, you know, teach him a lesson kind of thing. Like you're not going great, you know. And I put uh, you know Tafur in and see how he, and he's just you know one of those guys he's grabbed his chance and you know he looks fairly good especially for a dude you know he's only on his second or third game looks pretty good, um, but yeah I mean they just they, they clearly it's funny there's there's two losses that I'm you know disappointed with this season and it's uh, and obviously Parramatta and this one and that they clearly like a fucking million percent different team and thoroughly just because of attitude it's ridiculous like sometimes they just you know and once again fucking. Cherry missed, uh, you know. I could, you could almost credit him two tries thanks to missed tackles from Cherry Evans. Certainly one of them, um, for a fact. But I mean, arguably two. Um, should never have happen under Des Hasler. Well, it would never happen if fucking you know Brett Stewart and fucking Glenn Stewart were there either, mopping up those, mopping up. I mean, Glenn Stewart's exactly where he's you know trying to defend at the moment. So I mean, obviously they shuffled around a little bit trying to cover the guys that they haven't got in the side, but. Um, yeah, and I mean, and Cherry, he's a good, good player in attack. He still, yeah, he did some good things. Um, you know, set up try, um, good forty twenty. Are you turning on Cherry now? No, not at all. But sounds like you're turning on him. But he's much better when he's got foreign with him too. So um, you know, the sooner Kieran gets back, the better as well. Poor performance, Manly. Pick your act up. You're not playing like defending premiers. I mean, you need to take a look, a leaf out of the 2006 West Tigers handbook to show how defending premier plays and finishes ninth. Yeah, respectively. <laughs> How did that season go? Because I, I mean, because I, I don't follow the. Ty- oh, I, we were shit all year. I, I haven't followed them religiously until until you know I've known you. So how did that season? Can you recap me quickly on that season? How it went? Win, loss, win, loss, 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 win, loss, win, win, loss. What was and the then we finished tally? with a flurry with a fantastic performance in the last game of the season against some nufty. And everyone was like, oh, where's Tigers? Shame they're not playing finals. Oh, that's right. They won the comp last year. Oh, they do that every... They, they say that every year, don't they? <laughs> well, until, you know, the last couple of years when they've gone to the finals and then been... The last two years in a row. Unceremoniously dumped out by the fucking shit Asterix teams. Premiers. Yeah. Twitter, at Tandy's Hot Tips. Fuck manly pretenders <laughs> trying to look like Broncos in those socks. Yeah, what was doing with those socks? I don't know. You're the manly fan. Someone tell me. Mickey Duda. Hey Pilkington, the touchy in the manly game just like looks like you. <laughs> that was addressed to you, my friend. 
Yes, yes, um, it was. At Cambo, what a lucky touch, Judge. At Cambo 96. Some female, was she? <laughs> at Cambo 96. Oh, I can't read this. No, don't read it. I don't feel like editing this. Hang on. We're just, not reading it. Just do a time check. Refuse to read it. I agree, I agree with what he said on this particular incident, though. Open your fucking eyes, you pink Haslers. This is NRL, not NFL. Two meters forward, Haslers. Uh, so there we go. So I don't have to don't have to edit it. It's great. Because let me tell you, the worst thing about editing a show is hoping that you got all the C-bombs and then after editing the whole thing to go back and lay the bleeps in on the C-bombs. And some, and when you edit something, it like might be at a certain minute mark, but if you cut out something up here, it shifts it all forward. So you're like, fuck, when was it? And oh, it's a nightmare. At Anthony Hormey, 80. We're playing like the Tigers. Hash soft. Jason wow. Gihan recovered. At Chris Wargren. Caesar looked very solid. I wish the Bulldogs hadn't let him go. He will be a superstar one day. At The Real Jedi. That game was ass pie. Hash fact. At Billy Boy 887 Great result for the Titans. Maybe the players won't outnumber the fans at the next Titans home game. Wow, that's rich. Well, Billy Boy 887 is not a Manly fan. He's just a fan of rugby league and just calling it telling how it is, man. <laughs> I think he's a fucking Tigers fan. No, really? I'm sure you're correct. I'll, I'll, let's see he's what been he's... busting out Tigers in decline. Yeah, but... I mean, no Tigers fan to do that. Well, the... I'd disown him from my Tigers family if that was the case. Yeah, it just means he's not a fan of you, though. I mean, people do that well, just I mean, to, in, people do it just to shit you. Yeah. Next game, and this one, far out. The North Queensland Cowboys, 50, defeated the Sydney Roosters, 12, up at TIO Stadium in Darwin. Where? With a crowd. Darwin. But what was the name of the stadium? TIO? It's, a, it's an acronym for something. Let's guess what it could mean. I forget. What does it mean? <laughs> Put you on the spot, did I? Okay. Um, yeah, and they had a crowd of 10,000 people. So, you know, Saturday night wasn't a great night for footy. Um, oh, that's half very Brookvale over first crowd. Very, well, I mean, that's that's a fucking, that's almost a ground record if it had been played at Skilled. Now, half time, the Roosters win the game slightly, at, um, just behind 28 nil. Uh, points scored. Bowen got a double. Winterstein got a double. Ashley Graham got a try. Ray Ray Thompson got a try. Fi Fi Loa got a try. And Taumalolo got a double. Conversions. How fucking good does that bloke look? <laughs> Sensational. Matt Bowen, he got a conversion from one attempt. Thurston had eight attempts, got six of those. And uh, the Roosters, who cares? Oh, two dads and Leilua got a try. And Asta, two from two for their 12 points. Two dads with another try where he was pulled up on about the fucking 15 metre line and stretched his arms. Go, go, gadget arms and just fucking yeah, telescopically planted it. Teams keep letting him do that shit. You just think, sweep the arm, man. <laughs> sweep it arm. Sweep it. This game would have been more competitive if the Roosters... There's a lot of crocs in Darwin, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I believe that to be the truth, although I've never been there myself. It is a crocodile hotspot. And you know what crocs eat? Chooks. If all 17 of the Roosters team had have gone to a, uh, a known crocodile danger spot and been taken by crocodiles, this game would have been more competitive if not one of those fucking players made it to the ground. My God. They got 12 points. The first half was extremely highly... They well, the first half of the first 12 half... 12 points early in the second half off tries from kicks. Yeah. And ugly tries from kicks at that. Yeah. I just... What do you say about the Roosters? Fuck my fault. 
you know, their administration, whoever was in charge in the decision-making process of send the game up Darwin at this well, time. What a revelation that the hot. conditions in Darwin at 30-something degrees and 80% humidity would favour the Cowboys Identical from to North Townsville. Queensland. <laughs> it was an ambush. It was a trap. They couldn't have seen it coming. <laughs> Except for when they were planning it. It's the biggest ambush since Robbie Farrow went into NRL on Fox. And what an ambush that was, Nathan. It was it a travesty. Was. Oh yeah, it was a rugby I mean, league travesty. The fact, the fact before he left home, he tweeted that he was expecting some tough questions. Total fucking ambush. He wasn't expecting a thing. I haven't seen that sort of ambush since the Battle of Little Bighorn. Hash soft. <laughs> Hash soft, of course. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about this game? Uh, Thurston and Bowen getting back to their best. Some good combinations. Bowen scored another try. Thurston, kick, so. I will go down and I will, I will say that Thurston played probably his best game since State of Origin. Last year, before he hurt himself. Well, yeah, he, and maybe even he played better than he did in the Origin, because you know there's a cast of thousands there that can you know take the ball and run with it. So uh, maybe the best game he's ever played in his life. I Who knows? doubt that, but no, he played. For, he's played fucking. Can well I say way. that they're now supported by quality younger guys that they've never. The Cowboys have been good in in seasons at times off the back of Thurston and Bowen and obviously Aaron Payne. But they've always sort of lacked a bit of presence at 5'8 at or, or to a partner Thurston in the halves. And they've they've always had sort of veteran role player sort of guys. Role players? Of, sorry? So what dudes dressed up as fucking Link from Legend of Zelda. I don't know what games... I've never seen that happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> they've got guys dressed up as orcs. Is that a movie? Legend of Zelda? I don't even know what I fucking bother. <sighs> Jeez, you know what? I yes, thought mate. I thought the couple that I couldn't get any dumb. I thought if I drank while we were recording this show, you'd be more tolerable. <laughs> Turns out I'm worse. <laughs> Turns out I'm either not drinking enough, or my theory was just wrong. Yes, <laughs> the quality of the youth in the Cowboys side is is what's um is going to prove the distance difference for them this season as opposed to recent years, with um guys like Segiaro, Ray Ray, and the Talma Locomotive. Is that your nickname? Oh, I don't know if it's good enough, but it'll do for now. Don't like it. Talma Loco. <laughs> <laughs> I've doled out worse nicknames, come on. That's pretty fucking ordinary. You just change one letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll come up with something better. But fuck, he's good. Yeah. yeah Can run yeah. over the top of people. Yeah. He's got speed for a big bloke too. Yeah. Can put he's explosive. On too. I like him a lot. Yes. Except for the fact he plays for Cowboys. Yeah, well, apart from that, he's awesome. Yep. Try, try lower. He would have to be among the best finishers in the game for sure. Is that your nickname for him? For now, yeah. Mm. I like worse. it. It'll do. Had no room to move in the try that he scored and, and still made it look really simple. Got the ball down with a blade of grass. Best thing they ever did was, you know, fuck off the corner post as far yep. as, you know, whether you're in or out. Because we're starting to see, I mean, we're not starting. I mean, it's kind of been going on for close to two years now, I'd say. But the spectacular winger sort of tries are fantastic. Yeah. But on the Sunday football show, they did make a, um, a valid call in saying that some of the stuff he does down the other end of the field... <laughs> Absolutely fucking hopeless, and and I think who I can't remember who was on the footy show on the Sunday panel, but they were sort of musing about the players, you know, the wingers, you know, they practice so much doing these, you know, 
spectacular airborne getting the ball in the corner. Maybe practice catching bombs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's not, he's, and he's certainly not immune from that. Do you reckon they practice it, or is it just down to pure athleticism? You think you'd have well, to. How do you practice that? Well, I mean, it'd be drills. You could just have a guy like you know, like an opposed drill where the dude sort of, you know, running running from the try line at you, and you got to sort of you know extend out and try and stay airborne so the ball's the first thing that hits the ground. You know what I mean? That sounds like a waste of time. Well, it's a winger. It's their only fucking job, really. Jump for well, bombs, jump in to put tries on, catch the ball, plant the ball. Fair enough. I mean, it's not like they have to do much else. They just stand out there bludgeoning for fucking, you know, 75 minutes of a game. <laughs> We've mentioned that the Roosters like a scrappy game, and, and if a game develops down to that level, they're always a chance of winning. But this game really showed the gap between the Chooks and the top teams in the NRL. And I still think they'll win their share of games, and that they might even end up making the eight. But... When they face the top teams in the comp and those top teams are on their game, the Roosters are no match for them whatsoever. Yep. 50 to 12 would indicate that. Yep, and uh, it's what that's the biggest ass whipping we've seen this season. Well, it's the first time someone's cracked 50, isn't it? Yep, yep, I think it is. Okay, Twitter, at Bush Lemon. Cowboys, Spooners one week, Premiers the next. Hashtags in decline. <laughs> 102 Megan. I agree with my dad. This game should have been played later in the season. It's way too hot at this time of the year. Coming from or not played in Darwin at all. Yeah. At Aussie 111198. I'm beginning to think that the Roosters show up to some games drunk. Roosters players do have a history of being on the piss. Hard to argue with that. And J Baby Royal. Cowboys eat chicken wingdings for dinner in Darwin. Ride them, Cowboys. Hash smart move. Chooks for moving your home game to Darwin. That's one hell of a fucking hashtag. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Yeah, that's a massive hat. I mean, it wrapped around two lines. It threw me for a minute. I thought it might be two separate hashtags, but no, it's just one long-ass fucking hashtag. There you go. Okay, Sunday football. First game up, New Zealand Warriors 44 defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 22 in front of a crowd Back, of 15,500 people at Mount Smart Stadium. Halftime, we had a bit of a ball game at 20 points to 12 in favour of the Warriors, and the tries were scored as follows. Simon Mannering, 2. Jerome Rapati, Kristen Inu, Akuma Ta'ai, Lewis Brown, Bill Tupo, Ben Henry, all tries. Maloney, 6 of 8. The Rabbitohs, their 22 points came through. A double to Dave Taylor, a double to Andrew Everingham, and 3 out of 4 conversions to Adam Reynolds. This game... It was a critical fucking game for my super coach team. <laughs> I've got Mattering, who got a double. I've got Everingham, who got a double. I've got Reynolds, who kicked some goals and shit. And I got, got Maloney. Dave Taylor? And I got, no, and I got Maloney, who scored uh, six conversions and laid on some try assists as well. So this was fucking so crucial. <laughs> when the Warriors are on song and they can control possession and, um, and field position, geez, they're impressive to watch. Because when yep. you put that control on the top of their, their broken play, offloads, their strong forward charges, and, and then their ability to play that hot potato-style footy, all of those are the Warriors' best traits. And uh, it's time they made a habit of that sort of footy. Yeah, and the name that I haven't mentioned so far, Sean Johnson, didn't get on the board as a try-scorer. But fuck me, he set some up. It's a Benji Marshall-esque performance, I would say. I think they're going to have to start turning it around and saying that Benji Marshall occasionally plays 10 minutes of Sean Johnson-esque performances. There's an empty bottle on the table, Nathan, and I will not have any hesitation in smashing that in your face. You can take the boy out of the West. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't take the Westie out of the boy. (laughs) I like the Warriors when they play their best footy. 
I think they're very entertaining. Um, I enjoy watching them, but it just hasn't happened often enough this season. But whether this game shows that they've turned a corner or whether it was the fact that South were fairly undisciplined and, and, and couldn't get their sh- control their share of possession and, and ultimately cough the ball up to the Warriors um, and offer them opportunities to put points on, which they took full advantage of, remains to be seen. But Johnson was just having his way with the Bunnies. He was. His ball play and, and a lot of his, his touch footy traits were there for, on display, but some of his ball play and, and his running game when it's on. And he's, he's not the biggest bloke either. He does, you know, the comparisons to Benji come thick and fast, but um, certainly his frame, yeah. he needs to put a bit of weight on. Like how that affects yeah. his speed and his footwork is another thing, but Benji's Benji's done it. Benji's legs and his upper body are... Way bigger than what it was when he, you know, certainly 2004, 2005. Well, it keeps him on the field, you know, Absolutely. as far as shoulder injuries are concerned. Yeah. And to his credit, Johnson hasn't probably been affected by injury exactly the way Benji was early in his career. So, so. he can stay a greyhound. If he's not getting injured, if he's not made of glass like Benji, what do you Yeah, it takes, it takes its toll on these guys that come from, a, a you know, a heavily, heavy touch footy orientated sort of background. So Until he keeps laying on the passes, he's not going to take any tackles. Well, maybe that's doesn't have his, to worry. Maybe, and I guess if his footwork's good enough and he's fast enough, he doesn't. He won't get tackled. Exactly, and I think <laughs> that's the plan he's going with. And you know, I'm happy for him to do that. <laughs> Dave Taylor scored two tries in this game, as we mentioned. Um, Disappointed to learn that uh, the colloquial meat pies wasn't actually true. Well, exactly right. But the first one came from from pace to run down a kick, and the second one came from brute strength to uh, power over with plenty of people around him that should have should have been there to stop the try being scored and. At his absolute best, there's not many players that can match his ability. He laid another one on for Everingham with a, a really nifty offload. And with a bit of cardio, if that guy could play 60 minutes of footy like that, I, I don't say, know where he's going to be playing next season. He's if like it, a fat Benji Is he still going to go to the... He's like a fat Benji He's like Marshall. a fat Benji Marshall. Because can like, you just... Sorry, stop, sorry to stop that ridiculous rant you're about to go on. I wasn't going to rant about anything. Is he still going to the Titans? As far as I know. He hasn't pulled out on that deal on on account that he's going to be paid in air. TBC. But we'll say he's like, he's like fat Benji Marshall because like he's got this fantastic ability, but it only comes in spurts of 10 minutes and some games not at all. That's a fair assessment. You know Benji's not on for fucking more than 10 minutes a game and you know that he's not on every week. He's on for more than 10 Two and five will tell you that. Beg your pardon? <laughs> Two and five will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point to Exhibit A, the West Tigers' position on the ladder. <laughs> Everingham can play the game of rugby league. Everingham, which is, is handy because he's a rugby league player professionally. At this stage, if we had a weekly voting system, which we probably should have implemented to make it better, he'd be fucking on that. He'd be leading the the Revelation medal. At you this think? Stage. Yeah, the Revelation Cup. Dude gets um, two. He gets you know two tries a game, pretty much. In every game he's played, he's got eight, eight or eight nine tries. Five games. Yeah, so I mean, ridiculous. Um, you know, he's pretty fucking good. That's a lot of Takiri esque, that strike rate. Lloyd's only got like one falls for this season, hasn't he? Yeah. One since probably what, this time last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd Takiri esque. <laughs> Lottie Dekiri batting with his one out of 25 <laughs> try average, and this dude's getting eight out of five. 
I'm no mathematician, but I, think, right, that, I think that I think that Everingham might be shaded. And I've already established that I'm not very good at maths. <laughs> I'm sure some math genius will uh, give us a statistic there, but um, yeah, no, Lottie's got nothing on Everingham. Bad luck, bunnies. The Mike underscore NZ. Great for the Warriors to have a win, but still a lot of work to do if we're going to challenge any top clubs. And believe it or not, no comment from Tony Strange. And he usually, I think he died. He usually uh, he usually sings when they're winning. He does. But not... I've been worried about the smell coming out of Tony's house for quite some time. and People did check on him and he was still alive. He just hadn't bathed. But uh, of recent times, I think he might have died. All right. Let's move on to Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 24. Defeated the Parramatta Eels 18 at Toyota. Just over 14,000 people there. And uh, we're locked up at 18 all half time. Now, the tries were Ben Pomeroy, Matthew Wright, Jason Bukuya, Stuart Mills, Todd Carney, three or four on the conversions. Also nailed a penalty for their 24 points. And the Parramatta Eels, they had a double to Jared Hayne, another try to Chase Blair, and three from three conversions from Chris Sandow. Pretty simple equation in this game. Para had one top-class player and Cronulla had two. And that was that. <laughs> Jared Hayne, absolutely sensational. Get him up you, here, I want to buff him. Well, Sen- some people would pay to watch that. The, f- the, the, the most sensational performance by a player in a clutch situation I've ever seen in my life. For your, football, for your fantasy football team? My fantasy side, we were in dire straits. The dire wolves were looking at zero from five victories this week in Supercoach. In one game, we had one player left to our opponents, one player. We had Jared Hayne. They had Hindy, plus a lead of 57 points. Jared Hayne mowed that down. And I ended up getting four out of five wins. And the one game I did lose, I lost by 10 points after corrections and everything. So, Who would have thought that you'd be singing the praises of Jared Hayne? He's, he's pretty much my favorite player this week. Wow. Sensational effort. I mean, I did say that I did predict that he would get a hat trick, kick a field goal, and throw on some trices, and I was pretty close to the mark. He went far off, didn't kick any field goals, though. Although his plays were brilliant, all it came from was his involvement. He was heavily involved. All he had to do was jump up and try and get a bomb. Well, that was one of them. Yeah. Um, Well, that Chase Blair try also came from a fantastic sort of flick pass as well. Yeah, exactly. I just, when he's involved, and he, he seems to go through patches where he he involves himself very sporadically and, and well, the last wants minutes. to prove that his teammates can't do it. Yeah, the last 20 minutes he wasn't involved yeah. because I had the super coach live window up and I saw Hindy every time he'd get a tackle I'm like fuck there's two points to him and then Hayne to do get a run I go don't pass it take the tackle okay it's two points for me. Jeez, you. you watch it that closely? Oh, wow. I was riding that game so hard. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah I, I just wish that he he was more involved. I think yeah. that Parramatta needed. If he could involve himself for 60 minutes, they'd be scoring a bucket load of points. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's starting to find some decent form. It's just a shame that no one else around him is. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, we've already spoken about Sandow, but if he was somewhere near his best and Jared Hayne was playing the way he did in this game, then... They win. They win. As far as the Sharks, I mean, the Sharks, you know, did did well to win the game, but I don't think they were, you know, especially spectacular. Um, the Eels actually defensively did a great job on them. I thought, I mean, the forwards for the Sharks have been doing the job for them all season, but Parramatta Eels were getting off the line really fast and uh, shutting down the time for the forwards, and it seemed to work for the most part. I mean, they were shut down by a couple of stupid. I mean, that try that Ben Promory scored. Oh, let me tell you, if you're a defensive line. 
and you make Ben Pomeroy look like fucking Mal Meninga to the power of Gene Miles, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Very Defense isn't your forte. Very, very, very wrong. Ben Pomeroy had his highlight real moment when he scored his try. Of his career. Of his entire career. And He oh, was showing that one to his grandkids. He was a tra- they made him look like a fucking genius. Absolute genius. Matthew Wright seems to have the fullback position covered yep. for the Sharkies. Aberrant, really. He's still no Nathan Gardner, but geez, he had a good game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nathan Gardner, I mean, he's, you know, he's got some special speed and everything, but, um, you know, injury prone. He's become an injury prone as well. So, uh, you know, if Wright can stay healthy, I think they're pretty much covered there. Bakuya gets another try. Can score a try, Bakuya. Loves to loiter outside, you know, and just, you know, Smash through for some try against the you know, small guys. Bit of Justin Dave Hodges Taylor of the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah. Justin Hodges of the Cronulla Sharks. You know, oh, wow. Really? What guys you could name? T-Rex. Cassiano slash Pritchard. Adam Blair. He scores tries. He does. Not Adam Blair, though. Try scoring machine. Adam Blair's got two tries on the year. What are you talking about? Yeah, he got one last week and one in like week two. Yes. I'm keeping tabs. Don't you worry about that. I, I know, know that motherfucker scores a try. Because <laughs> I'm waiting to hear from you. Right. You might even get a hat trick before Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hat trick, hat trick for the year. Three tries all season. He's winning. I think that. Clive Churchill will get another hat trick before yeah. Lottie does. Ray Cashmere will get a hat trick before either of them. <laughs> oh, the fucking laughs we will have <laughs> when Cashmere gets a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you Imagine fit- the website www.hasraycashmerescoredahattrickyet.com. Yeah, I won't even have the time to design it. I'll just fucking load up a page that says yes. <laughs> alright do you have anything else to say about the running of this game at all no alright so we'll go to Twitter yes at Mr. Hendo 33 said Stuart Mills good player terrible haircut hash worse than Parker's yes I'll agree he's had his issues with uh, both the hair on his head and the hair on his face he's never had a Russell Fairfax mini mullet though <laughs> <laughs> and just quietly Corey Parker's hair was pretty fucking horrible yeah, what is the go with that? He's done that. He's had to have done it himself, or his missus did it for him. As a dare? You don't need a haircut that bad, mate. Jarhead. All right. At Helios. Man, I feel sorry for Para. Actually, wait. No, I don't. At GT351 underscore John said, congrats, Sharks, five in a row. Now, fuck off to the bottom of the ladder where you belong. Sick of hearing all this shark and carny love. Wow. If Cronulla's at the bottom of the ladder, where will you put the Bulldogs? Tie. We have a tie. Okay. Four and against. Bulldogs can shade them. As long as it bumps against. the Tigers out a couple of spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I have to put two teams under him. Moving right along to the final game of the round. The West Tigers 30 defeated the Penrith Panthers. Boo-boo, zero. Yes, they did. Crowd of around 15,000 at Centibate Stadium in Penrith. Halftime, 18 shit to the Tigers. Tries went as follows. Ray Cashmere, Adam Blair, How dare Tom you start? How dare you? How dare you start off the try scorers list and not hey. mention Adam Blair's name first. Start again. You're right. Tim Moulton with a double. Ray Cashmere, Adam Blair, and Tom Humble. Benji, five of five from the conversions. Refuting I must have, your I weekly berating of his goal-kicking skills. I'm, I'm vague on the details, but they must have been all from dead in front. Uh, defeated the Penrith Panthers with uh, zero points again. Well, Panthers, absolute shade of a team that were flogged by Manly too. <laughs> they were. No Jennings. Um, who else was out? I can't even remember. I mean, they've got a lot of players out. Admittedly, their 
full-strength first-grade side is only half as good as any other team. But even so, you take players out, they've got to find warm bodies to fill the gaps, and they're having trouble. That's harsh. That's a harsh statement. What? That their full-strength first-grade side is only half as good as any other team. Let's do the Pepsi Challenge against a full-strength Tiger side then. Fullback. Okay, they got that covered. Cause why would you use the tight when discussing this with me? Yeah. Of all people, why would you use the Tigers as your example? Have they got any forwards apart from Luke Lewis? Who have they got that's better than anyone in the Tigers pack? That's right. Yeah, there's no one. Exactly. Halves. Okay, we'll give them half back. But five eighth, you covered. Yeah, definitely. We've got the best player in the world at five eight. We don't, but anyway, I'll let you say, you know, he's better than theirs. Now, centers. Okay, we'll give them Jennings, Jennings and you can take Betty White. Yes. He split the honors there. Wingers. See, full strength. Okay, Michael Gordon's going to, you know, flog whoever you got there. Please. Michael Gordon outclassed Lottie Takiri. Actually, we'll put him in. Australian representative. Yeah. Lottie Takiri. Yeah, he only got into Australia. He's Tejas Pet. That's the only reason he got into Australian side. It was a travesty. Still got there. Made a mockery of the jump Lottie. Oh, there it is there. Thank you. <laughs> Show us how many hat-tricks you scored, Lottie. He's hidden it in his jumper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The old moth-eating one from fucking 10 years ago. <laughs> now, anyway, the the point was made. I mean, I think, you know, that conservatively the Tigers would win that playoff, you know, sort of, you know, nine, you know, nine five, you know, nine, or they go 17s. No, fuck 17s. The Tigers haven't got any bench Fifth, players. 15 to two. Yeah. All right. No, it'd be probably more like sort of, you know, Fifteen to two. Eleven six. Eleven six, but still the point I'm saying is the second worst side in the competition smashes their full strength side as far as player you know, skill and, and quality when they're full strength. Okay. So, so you take like Can you nine, make your point? I believe nine players. I think they've got nine players uh, out at the moment. So when you take nine players out of there, like I said, it's tough to find enough warm bodies to fill the yes. gaps. Some good side for the Tigers, but anyone that's saying the Tigers are back is retarded. Um, apart from that... <laughs> Hang on a minute. Apart from that, the Tiger's the, back. It's <laughs> the people we know that said, actually said that. <laughs> what exactly is the concussion rule? We saw Robbie Farrow get hideously knocked out. His eyes are rolling back in his head. Yeah. And he's been named for City Country and he's looking like he's going to play. It's supposed to be a mandatory week, isn't it? That was my understanding of it. Don't know. It's I strange. It, it seems to be so inconsistent. Well, I guess, you know, you need to have... Does it need to be assessed by an independent doctor or a club doctor? Because a club doctor... Well, a club doctor's going to go, what do you reckon, Sheezy? Put him back out there. Yeah. Or we're leading by 18-0, doesn't matter. Sheezy's like, doesn't look like no concussion I ever saw. (laughs) Is that okay? You can play next week, Robbie. Is that a movie reference? No. Ah. Same for Little Mermaid too. What is it with you and Little Mermaid? I don't know. Is there anything I could think of? You got it playing on the in-car DVD in your fucking panel van that you park out the front of schools or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thought that I would own a panel van is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And topical. <laughs> a, a, a Westy staple like that, who'd think you'd ever have something like Sandman. that? Sandman. <laughs> if Luke Lewis had one other player trying as hard as he was in that game, it would have been a lot closer than what it was. Yeah. God, he was good. Luke Lewis is Nathan Hindmarsh 2.0 discuss. <laughs> Panthers fans. I was I was almost I was almost gonna say that I feel sorry for Panthers fans, but I remember the shit that they were dispensing before they played Manly 
and this is what you, you're getting what you deserve now for, for speaking so disrespectfully. Now the Tigers have drilled you. Man, you drilled you. You're on a 63 points to nil stretch at the moment because you were leading the Sharkies 14-12 until the last stages of that game. So that's 63 unanswered points across two and a touch games. I, didn't, I just don't... I mean, great, you've got a holiday now. You can regroup and, you know, hopefully some dudes will come back from injury. Yeah, look, they're, they're down on troops and confidence, but and they could be in a huge hole before they get their full complement players back. But. They're, starting to, they're starting to resemble my prediction for them, which I think I said was second last. Well, I called them for the spoon, I think. You did, yeah. I think I had second last. So the dogs last, of course, which is also coming true given their hor- <laughs> horrible two losses in a row. Um. <laughs> I just... I couldn't have seen... Petro allowing this to happen. He would have rallied the troops. There's no way they would have blown out by 30 points two weeks in a row. It just it just seems strangely um, just symmetrical. It's just really funny that our two teams like two weeks in a row yeah. fucked them up 30 nil. It's weird, eh? Yeah, it is. But um, it's it's like you know it's a bit like your team won the comp last year. My team undefeated Asterix Premiers this year. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's symmetry, mate. It is. It it's is much like my head. Symmetrical. <laughs> it is, it is. Okay, um, do you have anything else to say about the game itself? Can I go over the Twitter? Oh, the, the Tigers sputtered their way through parts of that game. Um, you know, some of their attack was, was okay. Some of their defense was okay. Um, a better side would have scored points against the Tigers, despite their obvious improvement in defense. The Panthers ma- created enough opportunities, uh, but weren't good enough to to put them away and you know Lewis burst into the clear on two occasions Austin almost fell over the line and still couldn't put the ball down yep. um, so the Tigers still got work to do but it was nice to see them um, exhibit that control and, and you know improve their defence through the middle of the ruck um, the amount that they did and you know there's still work to do but we'll take a 30 nil victory yeah, yeah, and let's face it, I mean, if they were in better form, they would have scored a lot more points too. Yes. On their side. Okay, uh, Twitter, at the Mango X said, just flicking through channels, GWS is getting smacked in hash AFL sucks balls. Tigers colours suit them to a T. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> at Mr. Why Hendo. Why people smashing me? They're fucking Tigers in decline. And um, and what was the other one? I forget now. What's the other fuck? And, you know, the undefeated and, you know, hash dominate. Those hashtags are picking up so much more than, than uh, Provoke the Choke did. Yes. Tigers and the clients working too. At Mr. Hendo 33. Fuck me. This game will be shit enough as it is, let alone having Ray Hadley commentating. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Cruzio 6. Great signing. Ray Cashmere by the Tigers. Obviously the try scorer they were missing. And we got uh, Adam Blair got to try too, Cruzy. Let's not forget. At Cambo 96, grab a tampon. Chris Lawrence is bleeding. Hash, soft, hash, undefeated asterisk. At, I don't know what he's got against Chris Lawrence. He's just a Betty White thing. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, okay. At Aussie 1111198, 230-0 losses within the space of a week is horrible. Not even Ivan Cleary can save the Panthers. Hash, Oak want results. Hash. Oak want results. Yeah, hash zero points. As if to emphasize the fact that they've scored zero <laughs> points two weeks in At I Love Keefe. Gus just called the Tigers win a soft win. Wow. Hash ambushed. Hash white and. <laughs> and at 
three kings NRL. What is doing with league in the West, boys? Panthers, Tigers, and Eels playing like a bunch of absolute dribblers. Well, the Tigers just won their last game 30 nil, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I guess you're only as good as your last game. Previews. Very, very low on the action this week. We kick off Friday night, delayed as we bitched about earlier. It's going to be 7.30 on Channel 9 for Australians. I believe in some other states, I think in states other than Sydney, other than New South Wales and Queensland, I think they're getting it live on GEM. It's just the, the main rugby league markets that are getting um, bent over by Channel 9. Interesting. So, yeah, interesting tactic. Um in any case, it's uh, New Zealand versus Australia. It's been played at Eden Park in Auckland. And let's go. I suppose we should go through teams. We didn't really talk about teams earlier. So let's talk about teams. The Kiwis, they'll have Jared Beale, Adam Blair, Jesse Woo-hoo. Bromwich, Nathan Fiend, Alex Glenn, Josh Hoffman, Sean Johnson, Sean Kenny Dow, Isaac Luke, Simon Mannering, Benji Marshall, Woo-hoo. Ben Madalino, Sam McKendry, Jason Nightingale, Frank Pritchard, Jeremy Smith, Jason Tomalolo, Manu Vadavai, and Letters. Kangaroos, they will line up. Billy Slater at fullback. Darius Boyd and Akawila Uate Pate on the wings. Greg Inglis and Justin Hodges in the centres. Thurston and Cronk in the halves. And the forward pack will be Paul Gallen, Cameron Smith, David Shillington, Dave Taylor, Sam Thiday, Luke Lewis. And on the bench, Daly Cherry Evans, Ben Hannett, James Tamau and Anthony Watmo with Matt Gillette coming in as 18th man, as you said earlier, Glenn. When you look at that Australian side and you think of the way the season's gone, barring possibly the form of Darius Boyd, but he's only stuck out there on the wing anyway, that's a, a fucking good-looking side. Yeah, absolutely. A side that will absolutely crush and maim the New Zealand side with the terrible f- fact that they, they just don't have Kieran Foran out through injury and death knell, no foreign, no chance. <laughs> Well, New Zealand will want to pile on the points in the first 15 minutes when their forwards are nice and fresh and can get out there and try and bash Australia, such has been their tactic since the dawn of time. Um, And if they could gain some sort of forward ascendancy, they might give a sort of platform that Benji and Sean Johnson can take advantage of. But that's a big if. And, um, you know, based on Paul Gallen playing prop by the looks of this, um, you know, I I just can't see Australia giving them enough leeway through the middle of the ruck. And traditionally, Australia tend to win this uh, the, the April game, the Anzac game, fairly comfortably. New Zealand tend to fare better in, in tournament play, but um, you know these Anzac tests are the domain of the Kangaroos. They come together quicker. Um, it comes down to the skill level of the individual players. Um, the combinations between Slater, Cronk uh, and Smith are going to be crucial, um, and that's going to lay the platform for a pretty convincing win. Probably 20 points at least. At least 20 points, I'd I reckon. Say. And when the forwards start getting tired and they unleash Cherry Evans, fucking game over. And that's a beautiful thing for Tamau as well. He won't come on until 20 minutes in when it's um some of the starch has been taken out of the contest a little bit, which is probably good for him because, you know, he's going to get a welcoming committee. If he was in the run-on side, he's, he may get carried off after five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, well, it's probably a good thing that uh, Ribbon, Ribbon Wiki is retired. Yeah. Because uh, could you imagine? He takes it personal. Or he took it personal, I should say. And Isaac Luke, he tried to break his own cousin's leg. Yeah. Or arm, or what's, both. What's he going to do to someone who he deems to be a traitor? What the fuck is he going to do to some traitorous turncoat like that? 
Yeah, exactly. James Tamier may, may need a prosthetic limb or two by the time this game's out. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's lucky he's not on the run-on side because you know, he might get confused what to do when the hucker comes on. <laughs> okay. Now, Saturday, the second game of three this weekend, we have the Toyota Cup under-20 state of origin. New South Wales versus Queensland. It's being played out at Cinebet Stadium at Penrith. This one's live Saturday night, 7.30pm on Fox Sports. Great concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess the thing, the don't see, I don't see a lot of Toyota Cup so I can't really speculate as to how uh, these teams are going to go. Um, it's well, interesting New South Wales under twenties are clearly going to win because they've got Jacob Miller from the West Tigers at halfback and Matt Great from the West Tigers, who's uh, awakened from his slumber after being viciously knocked out by Bentea. Uh, so you'd have to wonder what the criteria are because I mean Great has played the entire season in first grade, hasn't he? Yes. So that's what I mean. Like, how many games? Have, you know, is it just? Well, he's still under 20. Do you, yeah, well, do you have to be... Well, generally, uh, Nathan, you know I mean? it, it just, works it just on a mathematics age? principle. And, and it, oh, you're going to say it's in relation to math, the mathematics now, are you? Well, clearly you're an idiot, so I need to... It, it, it revolves around the number 20. I see. And, and if you are of an age under the number 20, then you are eligible. If you're of an age over the number 20... And are, are you with me? Am I talking slow enough? I can draw a crayon drawing. Right, got it. Jacob Miller, man of the match. Interesting, the Queensland side has some players from uh, the QRL. As it should. As well, which is good. Um, and we have the situation where we have uh, Corbin Sims, one of the uh, Sims brothers. Yes. Playing for Queensland. Interesting, in a World Cup year that... Uh Corbin Sims could turn out for Queensland under 20s, although he's been ruled out with injury, broke break his finger. Um, Tarek Sims, they're New talking South about Wales. him playing Origin for New South Wales. Yeah. And then Ashton Sims could be dropping the ball in the ruck for Fiji. And so they could pick it up for whoever's playing Fiji, could pick it up and score in the last second. Yes. And uh, break the hearts of um, idiot fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're spitting their jelly out everywhere. Yes. So yeah, I mean, on face value, the New South Wales side looks stronger to me, particularly in the key positions. Like you're saying, I mean, like Harry Seeker and and Jacob Miller both have first grade experience. Yes. Um, Quality players too. Yeah. Both of them. Chase Blair also first grade. And he's going very. He's going very well. He's going very well on the wing for Para. So, um, so you'd have to, yeah, New South Wales, as much as I'd love to tip Queensland in, New South Wales seem to have the strongest side. But it is a bit of a toss-up too because, you know, we haven't seen all these guys go around week in, week out like we do see with the first no. grade side. Okay, and finally, we have the AMI City versus Country Origin. It's out at Mudgee this year at the Glen Willow Regional Sports Stadium. Where? Kicks off at 3 p.m. on Sunday. And just like Channel 9 like to do, it's delayed until 4 p.m. on Sunday. So, the countryside. Brett Morris, James McManus and Josh Morris in the centres. Matt King, sorry, Josh Morris and Matt King. McManus and Blake Ferguson on the wings. Uh, Todd Carney and Jared Mullen in the halves. And the pack, Luke Douglas, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Michael Wayman, Bo Scott, Ben Cray, Greg Bird. Interchange, Josh McCrone, Tom Leroy Lars, Trent Merrin, and Tarek Sims, 18th man, Chris Houston. Strong side for the country boys. Does look strong. City side, 
looks a bit like this. Lachlan Clute. Lachlan Clute? Who? Looks like St. George Illawarra Raiders, but... It does. It does the bit, doesn't it? Lachlan Coote at fullback for City. David Williams and Steve Turner on the wing. Joseph Leilua, representative player. My God. Chris Lawrence in the centres. Jared Hayne at 5'8", as we mentioned earlier. Mitchell Pearce at halfback. Uh, in the front row, Big Keithy. Keep Brycey as well, man. Sorry? In Bry- Brycey, Farah, Tim Manor. Well, Brycey doesn't play for the Tigers anymore, but it doesn't count. Uh, Keith Galloway and Robbie Farah. You say Tigers, you said Big Keithy. Oh, well, it was got a distinct Tigers flavour about it. <laughs> uh, Timmy Manor is the other prop forward. Second rowers, uh, Ryan Hoffman and Corey Payne. And Felitti Matteo from the New Zealand Warriors, who's played for New Zealand... He's playing like a bucket of crap at the moment, too, just quietly. That's He's playing good. for City. Yeah. For Letty Mateo. Yeah. Yeah. Who's played for New Zealand. Yeah. His representative shit's got to stop. Interchange. Aaron Woods from the West Tigers. Jason King from Manly. Jamie Bure from Manly. And Liam Fulton, also from the West Tigers. What a distinctly West Tigers flavour in the City side. And that would probably lead to them leading by about 12 points with three minutes to go and ultimately failing. Who's the Kiwi that's going to plant the bomb down, though? Felipe <laughs> Mateo. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so who do you think's going to win? I mean, these ones are always a toss-up as well. Um, well I think Robbie Farrow's going to get the man of the match and uh, run away with his New South Wales origin jersey on, a, on, a, on the back of his performance in this game. I don't think it does. I don't think it matters what uh, Robbie Farrow does. He's not going to get the spot, which means, I guess, by default, Ryan Hinchcliffe. Welcome to State of Origin. <laughs> That's right. The second best hooker in a club is better than the best one that Doggies and uh, the Tigers can throw up. And the, and the Knights. And the Knights. Well, yeah, he seems disinterested. What was, his, what was the story? What, he had some sort of injury. He said he had an injury, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, mystery illness. Mystery illness. Sick of playing for country. Yes. Um, He's got Wayne Benetitis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Saw a tweet like that through the week. I can't remember who it was, but they said something like he had a, yeah, he had some case of you know something to do with Wayne Bennett. They said yeah, unknown unknown disease. You know, only one other person's contracted. Matt Cooper is the only. Other <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact words. I can't remember who where the tweet came from. Yeah, I, I like the city country concept, um, and I'm glad that they've got the representative weekend, which puts it um, in a bit of a spotlight as opposed to it having up against the, the test match on the Friday night, which and has been the last like couple of years. Know, 9, 30, 10, you yeah, know, like... which is just stupid and takes away from the concept. So yeah. it's good that they've come to their senses and, and put it on an official rep round, uh, which will you know add a bit of spotlight to it and get a bit of uh, more focus on country football, which you can never have too much of. And hopefully the City boys put it together and uh, some guys stake their claims for State of Origin birth. That is full time for episode number 83. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Hit us on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. How many uh, Facebook fans do we have at the moment? 870 something. That's cool. When we hit 1,000, we're going to give away a shirt to a random person liker on the page. So if you haven't done it, get on there now, be in there. You've got to be in it to win it. iTunes reviews. Maybe for this Facebook thing. Yeah. Maybe we should get it embroidered with that little thumbs up symbol. Yeah? Why not? 
If you think that's a good idea, let us know. If you don't think it's a good idea, shut the fuck up. Jesus that's Christ. pretty aggressive. Because <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> I'm tired. Calm a little down. bit aggressive. Just calm down, Charlie. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, iTunes reviews. Five stars and an undefeated asterisk from uh, from B-R-R-K-S. So I guess that's pronounced Burks because he spells it out later in the review. The banter between these two blokes is amazingly good. They really give a great insight into the great game of rugby league with news, reviews, and previews with a touch of colourful language. Do yourself a favour and give the podcast a listen. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, Nate and Glenn, for the effort you put in to entertain. Cheers, Burks. Definitely the nicest thing he's ever said to me. What a tremendous review, though. It's a very thoughtful review. I enjoyed it a lot. We've got one by Daniel Bird, too. Come, he said, this is awesome. Five stars. I can't wait for Thursday morning to download this podcast. I've only recently found this, but it's two hours of genius. Working nights in Brisbane, this stuff makes the night that bit easier. I'm laughing from beginning, and the banter between the boys is second to none. It can't be long till they're picked up by a major network. Get it or miss out. Wow. That's tremendous. That's High I, praise. I mean, I say that you know that's my favourite review ever a lot review ever ever quite a lot, but I yeah, mean because you're a bit of a whore. We got some fucking good reviews. I mean, let's. I'm not going to say it's my favourite because you know I could go through there all you know however many got like hundred two hundred twenty or something like that. So yeah, I mean you could go through all those and I could pick a favourite, but that, like the, the quality of the reviews. People love us, Nathan. There's no doubt about it. I don't know well, why, because geez, we slander some people on this show. We do, we do, especially the ones that you reach out to us the most as well. Yeah. Yeah, kind of counterproductive. Um, tipping. I'm 32nd after a seven of eight performance this week. Yes. You're 86th. Of course I am. And funnily enough, in what was probably the easiest tipping round of the season thus far, you actually dropped two places. <laughs> and you're having a battle with Paraman 1973 for a case of piss or something, yes. aren't you? Yes. You're one point behind him at the moment. Ah, that's you're, right. you're, 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 it's a long season, Nathan. It is a long it's season. It's a long road to the path of undefeated Asterisk Premiership glory. But if I had a bet with someone on it, I'd probably be wanting to bury him early so they lose interest and stop logging their tips and you can just sort of pull away later. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. You don't, want to, you, you don't want to rely on a late flurry of success to try and get yourself the, no. the win at the end of the season. Because if the West Tigers are anything... I am but a little Aussie battler trying to make his way in a tough, harsh, tipping world. Yeah, okay. Um, and doing a poor job of it. We have a new champion. We had a, we had a massive change this week. Uh, Andrew Smyrniotis, I can only assume he didn't put his tips in because he got three. He was number one last week. Now he's number five. The top five now is as follows. Number one, Marcus. He got perfect eight this week to take oh, him to 37. Number two, that guy. Katrina Smith. She's been a mainstay of the top five for probably the last month. She's gone up to second now. She got six right. And she's also tied on the lead for 37. Then we've got Skinny, who's risen up as well. He's been in the top five a couple of weeks now. He or she, I think. It's, I'm pretty sure it's uh, he, though. Got seven out of eight and up to 37 as well. So it's a three-way tie at the top. And then the next two, one point behind, we've got Shell Geddes. Uh, seven again this week for 36 total. Andrew Smyrniotis, our previous leader, dropped with a three, but still remains on 36. So the, there we go. The top five positions are separated by one point. Um, fantasy. Tight comp at the top. Yeah, it's good. Not it's so good much at the bottom. Fantasy. I got 1,103 points. Glenn, you got 1,017. So your best week of the season. Yes. Um, I'm on the up and up. I lost one game. How did you go out of your five for four, four uh, games? Whatever? I think I lost three. So you won one. So you've actually you actually won a game. Oh, I have won games this year, Nathan. Have you? Let's let's not get carried Jeez, away. You must be some piss week competitions. Let's move on, shall we? <laughs>
Because <laughs> you haven't won the one that I'm in with you. You haven't won yet. You're on four. You're about third last. I'm undefeated, Asterisk. Yeah, I'm undefeated. On top. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm, I'm actually third, I think. But uh, tough comp. When money on the table, the boys play hard. Okay. Finally, shop. We still have some stock of uh, shirts, hats, and the stubby coolers, I Got believe. a few orders through this week. Yeah, which was good to see. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to get on board with the gear. And, uh, you know, the more gear we sell, the more, I guess, you know, variety of stuff that we put out through the course of the year because there are a lot of thoughts for uh, new shirts and things like that. And yes. um, we would love to implement them because, quite frankly, I'd like to have them. Me too. Myself. I'd Let like to wear them to uh, Broncos games. Yeah, do you do you rep at the, the Broncos game? Absolutely. And do you Broncos. see? Do you get do you get many comments or anything on them? The boys pimp me out. Yeah. Yeah, the guys around us are like, "Do you listen to this week in league? What? We actually made one guy subscribe via his phone. They shamed him <laughs> into it. <laughs> as soon as he got out, he's just like got his phone and just smashed it because he's like, I feel <laughs> so I feel, I feel so disgusted. <laughs> um, that's all I got time for. You got that's anything all, else? No, I'm done. Looking forward to uh, another Tigers. Glorious victory in a couple of weeks' time, but until then, I'll, I'll settle for Australia beating up on some Kiwis. A glorious Tigers victory this weekend. No, okay. well, against the Invisible Men, easiest game they've had all season. Do you think they'll be able to put more than thirty nil on them? Oh, they might win one hundred and eighty-eight nil. Jeez, prediction. A few injuries, but <laughs> yeah, there you go. The more you put on, the more you get back. Anyway, see you next week. See ya. Hey, Twill Nation, if you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it. <laughs>